In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. I let my tape rock. My tape pop. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Debris Funk, Master Flex, Love, Funk, Star, Ski How are you guys? Uh, it's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. That was one of my favorite mashup artists, Girl Talk. Um, <clears throat> combining Elton John and, of course, Notorious B.I.G. Um... How are you guys doing? How's the week going for you? Are you enjoying the daily shows? I hope you are. Uh, like I said, this is going to be a little bit longer of episodes than they will in the future, but uh, just uh, the guests I talked to this week, I, uh, I'm i in love with. The, my guest today is going to blow your flipping mind. If you do not laugh, think, all of that stuff, I... I then your ears. You got to get your ears cleaned out. That's that's the only uh, that's the only solution. Um, today's guest is a, a comedian, a writer. She is so flipping talented, and I ta- I tell her this so many times. But it's like it's like a it's like a laser. You know, it's like a comedic laser, but it's like not just comedy because that almost like lessens it. You know, she's so damn smart, so damn witty, so damn precise, and uh, it is rare these days when I'll actually kind of just learn while I talk to somebody and I learn, I just, I was like, damn, will you teach a class in housewives? We teach a class in Bravo. And, you know, we find out in this episode, she's going to have her own podcast pretty soon, which is like, thank God. Uh, her name is Ray Sawney. Um, she, like I said, a comedian, a writer, uh, um, rel, 
The Good Place, uh, just so talented. She was a presenter at the Golden Crappies for Watch What Cravens last week, and uh, I was able to get her on the podcast, and it just, it was a real treat. And we recapped this past week's Salt Lake City, but we talked for like an hour about everything. I mean, we even get into love after lockup towards the end. It's just, it was like a kindred spirit. Um, And I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of today's podcast. I'm not, I mean, like, I'm so, I sound like I'm so serious because I'm very serious. I'm like, you guys, you are going to enjoy the hell out of this. Like, I'm not cocky and I think this is good, you know? So that, I think that means something. Um, and then we'll finish up the week on Thursday. Bill and Becky Bailey will be back and I'll get into the mess that Kelly Dodd got herself in today by doxing. Uh, the Instagram account Bravo Historian, um, which is just wild. Kelly Dodd will do anything in her power to make sure she's always close to getting fired. It is wild. I can't wait to talk to you guys about this. I got so much to talk to you about tomorrow, but this is like a two hour interview. So I'm just going to put this up today and we're going to call it a day because to me, this is what it's all about. I mean, I remember halfway through this interview going just like, is this, am I, Am I on this earth? Is this is this happening? Do I get to have this conversation? Thank you guys for allowing me to be able to have conversations like this. I also want to thank Maritza Lopez, who is n- nailing it with the uh, the artwork. If you've seen the Instagram with the uh, artwork she's done for this week, it's just so beautiful and cool. So lucky to have her um, on the team. And uh, yeah, thank you guys. And I've got some really cool surprises already lined up for next week. A lot of things are falling into place. Um, that's it. So you're going to, if you don't know Raisani, you are going to know her after today. And you are going to absolutely effing love her. Okay, guys, I effing love you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to shout out alcohol for the, the the first moment here because alcohol is the only thing that gave me the guts to ask my next guest to come on the podcast. It's when I usually am at my most confident if I have a couple uh, a couple beers in me and I reached out and you will know our next guest. This is just somebody that is so laser-like in their precision of all of their opinions on housewives where you're just shocked, where you're like, this person is speaking for me. I can't write for shit. And this person speaks everything that I'm thinking. But I think this is why they call people like this, like a quadruple threat, because not only can this person kill it on social media, this person actually is a writer on shows like The Good Place, the uh, the Re- uh, rel uh black lady was it black his uh, it- Black, yeah, sorry, sorry. Black sketch uh, comedy show on HBO. She is just amazing. You saw her triumphant appearance on the Golden Crappies last week. And uh, I got the guts to ask her again. And luckily she said yes. So today to talk with us about Salt Leak and so much more, Ray Sani, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I actually was like so surprised because I was like, oh man, I was only up there for like two seconds, but it was so nice for you to like reach out. and. Oh my God, I saw, it was like one of those, I guess this is what you hear about uh, uh, backstage award shows, but I guess during the pandemic, it's different. Like I saw they did this thing, you guys, where they had us log in to make sure the tech thing was working. And I saw Ray there and I was like, oh shit, Ray, Ray's presenting. Oh my God. And I got really nervous, even though I was alone in my bedroom and uh, it was just really (laughs) amazing. So, okay. You live in Los Angeles right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you hate it, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But also, I should admit that I am a native New Yorker. I'm from yes. Brooklyn. So that's already going to 
mess up. I think I don't think it's a it's a New Yorker's place in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Like we should never be here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to drive. So that'll mess up. That's a huge thing too, because yeah. New York, you can walk everywhere. Yeah, right? walk, subways, Subway. if it comes, if it's necessary, we could Uber, but rarely do I do that. But it's like, you know, in, obviously nobody's going outside unless you're dicking around and don't do that. But, um, but like, if I were in New York and we weren't in a pandemic, I could like stumble outside and find an adventure. You know what I mean? Like stumble yeah. upon an adventure, open the door, people on the sidewalk, things to do and all that. With Los Angeles, I feel like you have to, um, you have to go out with a destination in mind and there's a journey. You know what I mean? And if you don't have a car, that makes it even wilder because like, it's like, okay, I live in Hollywood. And if I want to see black people, for example, I have to take an Uber 40 minutes to Inglewood. And it's like, all right, well, if I'm going to Inglewood, I might as well see something more than black people. So then I have to be like, okay, uh, uh, is there Nigerian food? My parents are Nigerian. Let me go pick up Nigerian food since I drove, uh, rode 45 minutes. And then I have to buy every piece of fabric or certain clothes I want. Like you can't just go out and be like, oh, I'll come back tomorrow. You know? Well, it's, it's such a, I mean, it's such a lonely city. And then yeah. the pandemic so on top of it makes it just like, yeah. Hey, I, I dare you to be happy motherfucker. Like this, <laughs> yeah. I will, I will ruin your spirit. I will yeah. break you. Like I come from an acting background, which mm -hmm. is already just peppered with no, no, no. And then this has been so isolating and it's weird. Like what if, cause we, we love these shows mm -hmm. so much. And I, uh, is, what has it been like watching some of these shows in a pandemic way? Because I, I, it doesn't hit the same way. Like I get angrier quicker. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, I, I'm actually so happy to have them. And I know that that sounds like crazy because I'm, especially for my, for me, because I'm very careful about uh, distinguishing between reality and fiction f as a TV consumer and somebody who makes television. It's important to me that people don't get so mad at these women on TV because as much as all of Orange County, for example, fucking sucks in real life, they are playing really heightened versions of themselves for for the cameras. Yeah. So like, I'm sure Kenya's not a great friend, but do I think that in real life, she's the worst friend on the planet? No, I'm sure she just does stupid shit for TV. You know yeah, I mean? and at this point she's like fitting a role. Like, you yeah. know, the, the, you know, she's an icon for being this type of way. Exactly. So it's, it's like, you know, you want to see Elton John play Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. You exactly. want to see her screw Be over terrible somebody. To the women around her, correct. Yes. Yeah, like if, when I hear people like they bump into Ramona in real life and they're like, oh my God, she was so mean to me. I was like, oh my God, you got to see her do what she does best. That's amazing. Yes, exactly. I do not want a hug. I do not want a hug from Kenya Moore. That's not what I'm in this for. You know what yeah. I mean? And um, and also, I will say that uh, I I find Candy to be uh, maybe not the best judge of character because she has encountered a lot of people in her life that suck. <laughs> We've seen her on the show, <laughs> but I do don't I don't think that if if Kenya was like as fundamentally morally corrupt like Faye Resnick, that Candy or Cynthia would stick around in that. Yeah. I really don't think so. Is there have to be something kind of uh, wired incorrectly with you 
to begin with to even want to be on any of these shows? Oh, exactly, exactly. Like, like something's not fully connected, you, you know? Imagine you're, like, first of all, it is absurd to think in the first fucking place that you should be on t- television for simply living. Like, that is absurd. <laughs> you know what I do good at? Uh, living, I think I should. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm so great. You all need to see this. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. I lived the shit out of Tuesday this week. You should have seen the camera. <laughs> Exactly. So then am I going to be mad at them for doing the things that people who are absurd in that way do? No. Now, within the context of the show, there are still rules that there's still a moral code in this special universe, but it's not the moral code I have down in earth. You know, well, yeah, that I mean, like, nobody should be looking to these shows for how to treat people or how to like live their lives. Like, I don't, you know, like, I mean, it's like Jax. Like, I'm not trying to do anything that Jax no. would ever do or even touch anybody that Jax no. would ever touch. It's like, <laughs> it's like, a, it's like Jax's life is a cautionary tale to us, oh if, if anything. Isn't but, he? oh, Mike, well, so this is why, God, you guys see, this is what I'm talking about. This is why, like, I have so much now. I'm like, I'm going to keep it for eight hours and that's just not possible. <laughs> uh, okay. So you actually just tweeted this, uh, like, last hour. And I thought this was fascinating. You were replying to Bravo Opinion says, Hey, which was the first ladies you stand from each franchise? And you wrote Real Housewives of Atlanta, Nene, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, LVP, OC Tamra, uh, Dallas Deandra, New Jersey Teresa, New York Luann, Salt Lake City Whitney, and Potomac Giselle. Mm-hmm. Did those change after getting to know them better, any of those ladies? Nene changed. Uh, I loved Nene until the season where she really started to freak out on Kenya. Yeah. Um, because I can understand how, if you are on the cast with Kenya, she's very irritating. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I thought it was indicative of what we ultimately saw, which is a, a and I'm a Sagittarius, so this is not shade, but like an ego a driven narcissistic Sagittarius, like just thinking she deserved the world and that she was bigger than the ensemble she was a part of. And it's like, mm. yeah, that, I mean, see, that's it. Like, you know, if you're in the justice league or the Avengers, you're not bigger than the Avengers. You're yeah, like, you're a part exactly. of the group. And yeah. like, they, sometimes they believe their own press and like, yep. ne- I'm worried about Karen from Potomac for that. Oh, oh my God. And, um, and this kills me because I really love her right now is Heather gay. And yeah. like, she got blown I'm, up I'm so a, much. I'm iffy on Heather, but go ahead. But I'm like, when, when we gas these people up, we create like these, like, Oh girl, you're an icon. You're a legend. We yeah. create this kind of, uh, it, it's like in any kind of art, if you're told you're amazing, so many, you yeah. start to believe it. And then you start to, it just, it just creates a toxicity. Uh, yeah. Karen, especially this last season, because everything kind of fell into place for Karen and the fans, I feel like fully just flocked to her and we really gassed her up with her perfume line and yeah. like, you know, Ray, we love your relationship and fighting and I'm for like, it. What relationship have y'all been watching? That's okay. That's the thing I had with Potomac this season. I, First of all, I just wanted to say like Potomac for the last three years, I would say, has been my favorite franchise. Yeah. Yeah. But then and that wasn't just watching it myself. It was like the community online experience, like all my Facebook groups, all of Twitter and stuff was so much fun with Potomac. And then this season, it was so toxic online in all the Facebook groups. And I was like, it's. It's because there was like an influx of new fans who came in for the fight. 
and brought their sensibilities about other franchises to a franchise they were unfamiliar with. And so it's like, yeah, we stand Luann for certain reasons. And it makes sense because I love Karen the way I love Luann. It makes sense that you would want to bring that sort of approach to Karen. And But Karen and Luann are not the same people. Karen is delusional and a liar. And I know that Luann is too. But like- It's there's, different. It's different. The reasons she and Giselle fight are very different from the reasons Luann would fight with Bethany, for example, or with Ramona, for example. And so it was just like so bizarre to see people gassing. Not that I have the right opinions, but like it was it was weird to see people gassing Karen and even Monique. God, I can't stand Monique, but like even Monique for the wrong reasons. And I'm like, you guys don't know the back history. Yeah. You know yeah. 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 T- check to me after you've watched season two and, and call me back. Yeah. But yeah. well, but see, but I, I guess that's what I love and hate about the Bravo sphere is that like, well, everybody they're like, well, that's just your opinion. I'm like, yes, that is just my opinion. You can have your own opinion too. There is no illegal opinions here. I might think they're stupid and wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> like if you're confident in yourself, that's great. But you know, it's just like you're a writer and you know these little specificities about these characters or what makes them fly. Like I was thinking about Dorit and the fact that oh, I love her. I stand well, Dorit. But also that little that little spice of redecorating a bouquet de Beppo. Like you can't <laughs> you can't invent that. You can't write no! that. That's good it, writing. That's good being writing. So proud. Being so proud. Serious. So being like it is so real to her. And that's <laughs> what I love is that it's very real. And when somebody has a passion like that, it, it, I love it because I know they love it seriously. And I love it for a different reason than they yeah. love it. I love it because yeah. it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life and heard about. But at the same time, it touches me. Yes. I'm like, that's humanity right there. That's <laughs> humanity, you know? So part of the reason I adore Dorit is one, her fashion sense, because she gives me um, Jenny from the block era J-Lo, and I fucking love it, love it forever, will never not love it. But what I like about Dorit, up until, again, fans gassed her when she won out and LVP had to leave. That, that's, yeah. But, but you like, have very strong LVP feelings too, sorry. No, that's my bae. Now yeah. she's mess. she went out sad, she's messed up a bunch, she's really not good on social justice issues. We can go on and on. <laughs> But um, there's a second chance, you guys. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but um, but uh, like Dory seems to be like not self-serious in a way that I really appreciate. Like I cannot stand Erica Girardi and I'm so glad y'all are catching up. But oh. you are five seasons behind. <laughs> but like one of my pet peeves about Erica, the first season, because I didn't even stand Dorit really until like the end of their first season because um, Dorit kept like, like, like PK was a fucking disgusting piece of shit. And we don't like PK still to this day. But PK made the joke about Erica's vagina. Uh, when he saw when he Pantygate, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Dorit didn't take it as seriously as she should have. And I'm glad Erica called her out for dismissing it like men will be men or boys will be boys kind of thing. It's locker room but, talk, you guys. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's fucking bogus. Your man's disgusting. <laughs> but then, but then when Dorit had apologized and PK had apologized, but like Erica kept, you know, harping on it. And it's, I was like, you're too self-serious. You take yourself so seriously. And even like, you know, 
her shade is never light or playful. That's why I like Potomac so much. That's why I like Atlanta so much. It's like, hey girl, quick shade. Let's keep the conversation. They'll keep it going. Like, I mean, Portia will drop like a slam and then keep it moving. Keep it moving. Um, but the, the crazy thing about Erica, and this is, I, I agree exactly. I have never liked Erica. Erica to me reminds me of a studio movie that they put all the pieces together. Like it's fancy <laughs> costumes. They, you know, you had somebody write some lines with a champagne glass for the talk heads and then there just seems like no real person behind there it seems like a very boring flat person that is being like that is not doing a good job at this huge character that has been created around her right exactly it's it was she feels like a coat hanger to me uh, like you know it's like and that's everybody everybody's like looks she's giving she's serving looks and i'm like no she's painted well there's no substance and there's no yeah, there's nothing even even when it's just like pure based on pure aesthetic I'm like she's beautiful and shiny and the clothes are cool but it doesn't I don't feel like I'm seeing her wear something that is made for her I never feel like I'm seeing her personality and her outfits you know what I mean like like for example as much as we trash Giselle and rightly so for her clothing (laughs) I go well, that matches Giselle's personality. This tacky purple shirt with these with this bling Gucci <laughs> fucking headband. Do you remember there was like a pair of glasses that Giselle was wearing? Oh no, there was a hat or something. There was some accessory Giselle had on earlier this season that was just studded and it was fucking hideous. And then I Googled it and it was like $400. And I was like, like, okay, I'm clear on exactly who Giselle is. You know what I mean? Yes. But it's, but but that's genuine. You, it's genuine to her character. You know that she genuinely thought that was pretty, you know? And I think that's what's amazing. And her and her friends thought she was stunting when she did that. You know what I'm saying? And then you, and it's like, okay, you see Jamal, and then you see Giselle's aesthetic, and then you see Jamal's Giselle's house. Yeah, Jamal makes sense. Well, like literally, all of it is consistent. You know what I'm saying? Oh and yeah, it all it all makes sense. Is you know, I mean, God, if they actually did ever live together, that closet would be like Joseph and the Amazing. Exactly. Oh, like vomited all over it. Just. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Have you seen Jamal's preacher outfits? Like, of course, he tells his what is X. I don't get preachers. Like, I don't get preachers across the board. Also, like, if you preach and then you cheat a bunch of times or anything like that, shouldn't you not be allowed to preach anymore? Like, shouldn't it just be cut off? Like, like you, I would get fired from my job for like doing something like that. Why do? Like, so this is always hysterical to me because my parents are Muslim, right? So I have no real kind of intimate relationship with the church. But so my only access to churches have been black ones. And I will say that in my experience, it I shouldn't speak for everybody. But what it seems like to me is that there is a reluctance to take down a successful black man since it's so hard to get to a place where your reputation could is in a position where you could be brought down that I think they rally around him. And then you consider the civil rights history of black churches in our country. There's just a special reverence for reverence, I think. Of and, course. I mean, and he, but, but then it almost like to me then comes off like he knows that and he oh, yeah. uses that oh. and then he like destroys certain people's you lives. Know, like, I like also, men do that. I also believe that anybody of any church, not just black ones are it's right for the best scammers. Like well, we saw Bieber's uh, guy just got busted yes, exactly. from the, a couple, couple, the, couple. What is it? Hillsong or whatever? Hillsong, yeah. It's, it's like, because people are going to you because 
they are in need of guidance, right? They're literally at their most vulnerable. Hey, I need God, but I don't have direct access to him in the way that I would like. You are our conduit. That's a lot of trust to put in somebody. And if that person isn't deserving of your trust, well, a lot of people are going to get got and they're going to get got repeatedly. Yeah, I'm going to tell you my deepest, darkest secrets, and I'm going to entrust that with you, and you're not going to manipulate me in any way with that information. And then, like, I mean, my biggest thing, like, God, if you're not, like, like they should make preachers just shop at Old Navy, and then we can just, like, <laughs> that's it. You you get a $100 clothing budget, and you can help all the people you no, want, this you know? Is, it's always astonishing to me. I'm just like, so y'all just comfortable with that man driving a Bentley on your ties? I mean, what is it? Joel Osteen wouldn't even let people in his in church during a hurricane. I mean, like that, I don't read the Bible fully, but I know something in there is like, you let people in, like, right. you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, like there was, that was also another thing that bothered me about the Monique uh, read. It was just like, there's so much stuff to get at, you know, Jamal about, but to blame his ex-wife for his infidelity seemed like crazy to me. Like I, I was kind of just like, well, you could get on Giselle for being a fraud and bringing a fraud onto the show with her. Like we all have seen, you know, the girls don't like their daddy for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Those but, girls, like, by the way, are the best Bravo girls. I mean, like uh, yeah, they're perfect. They really, I mean, the way that they think for themselves, they you can read so it well, in their right? face. You yeah. can read it in their face and they're not distracted by their mother or their dad and they're resolute in their beliefs. And yeah. I'm like, somehow those kids did get raised. Right, I think, you know? I, I, I think just they probably got a good. I mean, we saw their grandfather. They've got good people. <laughs> he was he, he he. You guys, he was the truth teller that literally yes. off mic was like, I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's like literally the voice of us. That's the yeah. the Greek chorus was her yeah. dad. But um, uh, I just didn't think that that was. That was Monique's place. You know what I'm saying? Giselle's daddy could say whatever, and he thought it was his mic. His mic was off. You know what I mean? Well, what did you think in terms of like, I mean, just from a housewives though, it is legendary when you get introduced, like a, a binder gets introduced. That's a legendary character in the terms of pulling a stunt at a reunion that I will be agree. talked about for years, even though it's a little carrot topish. I agree, but I think my resentment, <clears throat> excuse me, I think my resentment for Monique for the whole season is going to cloud my ability to appreciate that moment for a little bit, maybe in two seasons or so. We'll, I'll come back and see, but um, I was very, excuse me, I'm sorry. I was very. Uh, Just so you know, guys, she's starting to choke up. She's crying. She's, <laughs> she's getting, she's getting weirdly emotional now. So I don't know what to do. If we need to stop, just let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I was weirdly, uh, uh, I was very, very like, Monique was one of the few times that I actually took a real housewife personal. I like really, really was turned off by her like a lot. And so I'm having a hard time with the binder stuff. I'll I'll get back to it and maybe I'll appreciate her and what that binder did in, in due time. But I, I took Monique personal and like for context, like other people I've taken personal is like Kelly Dodd this season, for example, or, you know, what I'm starting to hear about Elizabeth Vargas, because I didn't mind her on screen, but I'm hearing that she's psycho. So well, you did watch, you did, you did watch a little OC, because I thought you were like, I'm not going to even touch no, this no, mess. No, 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 I, I said I wasn't going to watch it, and then I pretended that I wasn't going <laughs> to 
That's then, my favorite kind of Bravo fan of like, I'm not watching that trash. And then they're like, oh my God, did you see what happened before yeah. the second commercial break? That's what I did with Southern Charm this season as well. And um, and I and I'm taking Catherine personal, of course. Um, and so like it's not often that I take a real housewife personal. Now, I don't think Monique is on the same level as those other women. So I don't want it to sound like I'm like, oh yeah, she's as terrible as Catherine calling a black girl a monkey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I'm not there. I just like <clears throat> for your listeners' sake, I'm like not just anti-Trump, like I'm life. Like my whole life is like anti-Trump in this like aggressive way. And I just found Monique's tactics off the show online. And then like within the context of the show to be a very, I don't like the overuse of the word gaslighting. So I don't want to say gaslighting, but like it was a lot of lying and spin that required me to not trust my brain in a way that I felt the political environment has been for the last year where it's just like, let's make you question reality and what you saw and what you think. And so to see how I, I also think I took it personally because I feel duped a little bit because there was a tweet of mine from like March where I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be a hypocrite because I was totally team Marge against Danielle, but I'm going to be team Candace against Monique. I mean, going to be team Monique against Candace when at the time we were told that Monique, that Candace threw a drink first and then Monique attacked her. Yeah. And like, I was like, Danielle, you don't get to pull hair because Marge threw water. But then I was like, because I didn't like Candace. I was like, no, 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 pull her hair because <laughs> yeah. she, she, yeah. she, she well, did fine. It also, with me, with me, it was hard because I mean, Candace just really irks me. And just because right. she, on the other hand, then I'm like, well, I don't think, of course, I don't ever think physical violence is the way. But like, you do have to give some kind of credence to be like, if you if you are in somebody's face nonstop, eventually you are going to hit the person that you're going to verbally hit the person that is so unstable that they will hurt you in some way. It's just like, that's what I was always taught was that like, watch, like, don't ever, don't ever flip somebody off in a car. Don't ever do this. And she went against somebody bigger and badder than you. You know what I'm saying? And especially like, uh, the rules are like, like it's absurd to move through life with a code of like, interaction or whatever and think everybody in the world has that code i didn't grow up in a household where we put hands and faces so i don't know why somebody who did should expect that the rest of the world did yeah but at the same time this again goes to the different universes thing we are on a show where the name of the game is shade and starting messy back and forth and within that context i don't think that candace was extremely bad the minute can the minute uh Monique says, get your hand out of my face. Her hand is out of her face. Get your hand out of my face. Okay, why? You gonna drag me, Monique? When she says you're gonna drag me, her hand is no longer in Monique's face. And Monique's hands are now on Candace's hair. And I'm like, nope, that's it for me. But I wasn't even that mad at that part. It was the not letting go of the hair when five and six people are in between you trying to get you to let her go. And then uh, the running around the back, trying to kill her. Oh but yeah. That was like, and she was like, if I'm going to get kicked off, I'm going to go kill her now. Like that. She literally yeah, that's, like that, that is absolutely psycho. And then on top of that, I could have even maybe been like, okay, just demote her to friend of, and then we'll hash it out and move on. 
But then Shorty spent the rest of the season like being crazy. It's like, no, you have to apologize to her. I don't know why you think you get to come back to work at on a set with your with the person you just punched out without saying sorry or saying that you was, feel bad. That was where I couldn't even like, you know, I understood Candace's point correctly, you know, completely is that you don't wait a year yeah. to apologize and then wait for the cameras to be on to do it. Or not you know? even and in the meantime, telling lie. So I'm firmly not team Candace. I want to be clear. I'm not team Candace. I'm firmly anti-Monique. And part of it was, which is going back to my thing about the Trumpian tactics, we've bought bots. And now every time you say anything negative about Monique, it's swarms of bots <laughs> telling you that you didn't see what you just saw. And you and they would talk so rude to me. I'd be like, what the fuck is she paying y'all? Because this can't be about a TV show. There were people who were telling me I deserved to like not be with a man. I'm jealous. I, I'm a miserable bitch. I'll never be happy. And I'm like, the miserable bitch is the one who beat up her coworker, like on TV. But see, this is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like this happened in the weirdest year ever. And like, but it, but it is Trumpian in a way of like, we are now free to say whatever we want to whoever we want. There is no, like, we there's will no literally say the rudest, like there's, yeah, yeah there's no, th it's just like hit, hit as hard as you can. He changed the discourse fundamentally. And I know I sound like a an earnest dweeb, but it really, really does bother me that people just talk to anybody anyhow. Any like we're just now in a place where I've decided that you're of no value to me because you're wrong on this one opinion. And obviously some wrong opinions are wronger than others, but like it can't just be, oh. I don't like the same housewife you do. So now uh, I can be a cunt and call you a mom one. <laughs> that's, what, like, that's crazy. And then I drew a line in the sand, you know? Yeah, and, and then it's like, and then it would be like Monique reinforcing it. Like she would quote tweet people saying the nastiest things about her coworkers. And like, you know, I personally, like I love light shade, but I really don't like her calling Giselle ankles. Like, are we out here fat shaming our like women now? And it's cool because I beat up the other woman. Like, why are we doing this? This is not saying Giselle's innocent. She talk recklessly. This is not me saying that, but I just don't like things like, but it just started to feel no, no, you're gutter. You're exactly right on this. And like, and the thing is sometimes like you don't get, like I don't look into, I don't deep dive like Monique or like I see what I see and I talk about that. And sometimes I'll get sent an article or I'll see on Twitter. But like I was, I found out or a bunch of people was like, you know, well, you don't know about Monique supporting QAnon and stuff like this. And I was like, no, yes, I, yes. I was like, I was like, I don't know. And that would have really, really affected how I thought about her. Yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, it, that kind of stuff complete. And, and you guys know on the podcast how I feel about QAnon. But like, I, I feel like that's where it's like, God, then it has to be like kind of where sports where there's like an announcer, like, we want to remind everybody that Monique believes in QAnon. And da -da -da. you know, like, I mean, because I feel like that peppers that tempers everything of like, yeah, Whoa, that's, but that's also sick. another thing. I'm so mad that these um, and I know they have to do it. And Bravo would like them to Bravo loves the social media engagement. But I liked it when we didn't see them all the time and have access to them all the time. I don't want to know that Monique is a QAnon supporter and I don't want to know that Kelly thinks that we need to thin the herd because then then I have to bring that to the context of the show. And then if that's reasons why I don't like the character, you can't hold that against me. That's what I was shown. Well, I mean, being that you and Kelly are both uh, African-Americans, <laughs> what does... Um... <laughs> 
Can you fucking believe her? Hey, one percent, baby. That that is totally filmed. I mean, can you? I but, but, but with a it. guys with a straight face, she says it. It's not even. There's something I always compare Kelly to, like something like when your car starts, like the the starter doesn't connect anymore. There is something like where she got hit in the head or something where it just doesn't connect and it misfires. And, she, and it's so bizarre because she is otherwise smart. You know what I mean? When it's I see her with her so daughter, with yes. I, I mean, like, and I kind of like that's what that's what this season of OC did to me too. Was that I was like, what the fuck? I'm starting to like understand what Kelly Dodd was saying by the end, and I'm like, no, what no, is no, wrong no, with no, me? No, what no, is no, wrong no, with me? Well, that's what I was like, and I was like, and I kind of don't know if I like Bronwyn anymore, even though I line up with her like on all her politics. No, no, and I'm like, okay, what? Not like Bronwyn. Well, but I was like, I got really confused with myself, and I was like, you need to stop this. This is you like I, I felt bad for an entire weekend because I was like. <laughs> Kelly died. I kind of like what she said in that last scene with Shannon. I, I kind of get that. And then I was like, well, that is kind of a loving relationship with her and Rick Leventhal. And I was like, what's your problem? Yeah, right. And the thing is, like, the, the thing is, it probably is a loving relationship with Rick. They both crazy as hell, but they love each other. You know? And they tell us each day that they, they you know, he gives a deep, he gives a deep dick into her all the time, you guys. <laughs> and so it was just kind of like, uh, it's, it's, but it's, it's okay if it's okay for them to show it, it's okay for me to bring that to my relationship to the show. That's all. Yes. Okay. So I got, I, I'm in love with you. This is amazing. I'm sorry. I'm just already, we're a half hour in. I haven't even talked about Salt Lake yet. Yeah, um, yeah. Real quick though. Uh, how did you get started in comedy in, in Brooklyn? How did that, oh. what inspired you to do that? Okay. This is going to be heavy, but don't take it that way. It's perfectly fine. I'm okay. Over. But when I was um, in college, I got sexually assaulted and I lost my mind because I had been sexually assaulted before, like the year before on campus as well. But and I like kind of put it away in the back of my mind. And then the uh, following some uh, June, yeah, junior fall, I got sexually assaulted sophomore fall, then again, junior fall and junior fall was when it broke me. And so I was seeing like a counselor on campus and she was like, you've just got to find something that makes you happy to do is part of the therapy I was going through. And so I had always secretly had like an obsession with stand-up comedy since like Dave Chappelle when I was like, I don't know, 15 or something. And so I was like, oh, it'd be cool. So I started to take a weekly class in New York. Like, so I was in New Jersey at Princeton. And so I would just like hop on the train like once a week and took a stand-up comedy class. And then I dropped out of school after that because I didn't get my mind back. My mind is still gone. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, I just like started to focus on it and it started to feel good. Like it started to feel right. You know what I mean? And yeah. That, when those things click. Yeah. You know, there was nothing in me before. Thank you, rapists. But uh, there was nothing. Hey, shout out to all those sexual assaulters out there. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. sorry. Like, no, no, it's totally fine. Like I'm fine with it. I know some other people might not be fine with it, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm over it and I've processed it and it's actually a source of humor to me because the scenario around a couple of them have been hilarious. It like uh, hilarious in an absurd kind of way. It's like men do this. This is crazy. Um, but, uh, so it was just, it was like, it clicked and I always thought I was going to be a lawyer. Always, always, always thought I was going to be an entertainment lawyer and, why not just be yourself, the entertainment? You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, and, and then uh, what then leads you to like, because then that starts you, you know, you're writing your own stand up. Does that naturally progress into writing scripts to writing on things? Well, so How did you know? That's the thing. It's like, I think part of my 
dislike for Los Angeles is because it was such short notice. Like the thing is like with stand-up comics, like stand-up comics don't do stand-up to do other stuff, or at least that wasn't the case when I started doing stand-up that you do stand-up so you could be a TV writer or something like that. You do stand-up so you could be famous like Eddie Murphy. And, um, <laughs> and then like, you know, like the way that the internet has sort of democratized like content or whatever. And, and the way that you can't be like a stand-up comedy titan in the way that, you know, people used to be because there's so much more content to, to watch. It sort of made it necessary that if you were a stand-up comic, you have to do something else and you have to have another talent that's marketable or sellable for the industry to engage you. Because, you know, I think the last of the like pure stand-ups that everybody knows and talks about is going to be like Amy Schumer. You know what I mean? And so like I kind of had to learn how to do other stuff and, you know, you have to write a writing sample and get your get put it together and hopefully somebody books you a lot of tv shows like to hire a stand-up comic a pure stand-up comic even if they don't have experience because a sitcom needs to have jokes and to yeah. you in the room to write pure jokes and right. so that was a good chunk of my relationships on my first or my role on my first couple of jobs and ever since i've learned how to write a script and all that like breaking beats out and putting yeah exactly i've learned and stuff like that develop character, whatever. But it was like the, I think one of the benefits of being a stand-up comic is that you get to, if you get to work in sitcom writing, you are given the luxury of learning on the job because you have a skill that a lot of other people do not. Yeah. And then with the stand-up, that's like getting your reps in. You kind of got to get stronger yeah. by getting as many up at bats yeah, yeah. as you can. So how are you staying strong during well, quarantine? Uh, Twitter is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have I I literally called my manager the other day and I was like, look, I have not been funny in 10 months. Like we need to, <laughs> we need to work on this. Like yeah. what am I? I was like, how do I keep I was like, is stand-up coming back? Like, are you getting inside sources? Like, is there is there, are like the comedy clubs handing out vaccines and stuff? <laughs> like, I need to I need to get back on stage. Like, I don't even know how to write a quip anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like a, like a joke always has a structure where it's like, okay, here's a premise and here's like a get, like here's a road to a conclusion. Here's the conclusion. And it's your job to phrase it funnily. And I have completely forgotten how to do that. I've forgotten how to identify and create an arbitrary premise and then go on that journey and then arrive at a conclusion and make you agree with the logic and also think it's funny. I don't know how to do that. Anymore. And then to inject your own personality into yeah. it at the same time. It's like, I haven't but that's, I, the, but the pandemic is, I feel like it's like the best, the, you can blame everything literally on the <laughs> yeah. pandemic. Like the only thing I was like, I was like, okay, I got to start getting ready to re-enter the world. I don't know when that's going to happen. And then I was getting like four hours of sleep a night. And then I started all of a sudden getting like seven to eight. And I was like, <laughs> and then I started, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I am still just as depressed with eight hours of sleep. Yeah. And that got me sad. Cause I was like, it's not the sleep. Check that <laughs> out. Okay. Um, okay. So anyways, uh, you are, I think, an amazing comedian, regardless. Another one of my favorite comedians, though, is Mary Cosby from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Inspire, does her work inspire you at all to be better? Or? No, because as funny as she is, I'm not into sociopath stand-up. You know what I mean? 
Um, I I like comedy from people who know their cousins after their cousins have been their maids for 20 years. Okay, you guys, she's referring to Charlinda, who she's told in a t- We literally see the happiest moments of Mary Cosby's life seem to be with Charlinda in her closet. Right? And then she'll do a talking head where she'll be like, uh, I don't, I don't consider, I don't consider her a friend. You know, I'm like, what? I mean, that's, but that's the same. Like, that's what happens when you marry a step grandfather. You, you have weird relationships where yeah, you don't that's, know how to, like, oh, that is, that is fair. I you don't know how to judge rela- that. She yeah. just doesn't know what best friend means. You yeah, know? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. Okay. I didn't give her that kind of generosity yet. Well, right. I, okay, wait, wait. And I want to be, I mean, here's, I think she, it is such a weird person because it's like how she she revolves around a lot of the drama even though she's not in any of the scenes with uh, the drama. Which makes me hate Jen Shaw, by the way. There's a lot of stuff that makes me not well, like Jen Shaw, but... Jen Shaw is just like a performance vehicle that is like losing control completely and it doesn't know how to handle curves and she's and like... But also, I'm always going to resent and I think um, like a couple of... I think like Ronnie from Watch What Crappens has this kind of perspective as well on it. My thing is your personal beefs shouldn't be why a person who is on the cast doesn't get to show up to film for production events. Yeah, it should not be their choice at all. And so like, I'm, we don't get to see Mary and I think I would be able to form a better opinion on her because I still think I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I dislike her. I don't know if I like her. I think she's weird as hell and has made me laugh for good and bad reasons. But like, I don't know her. And I part of why I don't know her is because Jen has left her out of what, three events now? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, um, it is a, it, it's odd because I don't think also sh- she'll be back next season, even, I mean, for a lot of reasons. Uh, one well, being all that, the stuff that people found out about her culture. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like, you know, HBO is lining up to make a docu-series about like, I mean, it's like, okay, well, let's you make sure we we got joke. her we got her lined up because she's not going to be going back for the second season. So we need to ha- be have this in the can in like a year, you know? Like, but don't you think that? Like, you're like seeing her and you're like, this, she thought it was probably going to be cool and fun to be on TV. And then the reality of this situation on top of, like, you know that shit can be used in court of like, I don't even know how many houses I have. What? I have like eight or nine houses. I was like, hold on a second. Now, girl, you are in a, a what feels like cult and you are tax exempt. And you talking about all the empty houses you have around the country and like you got a mortgage business or something. I yeah. was like, I was like, uh, this, this, this sounds awkward. Um, and you have to be a fucking clown to think that if you showed up on a TV show, having married your step grandfather, nobody was going to investigate what the fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> why it, did you think that that was going to stay not relevant to the show? <laughs> it, none of it really uh, got it. Just, it's kind of this cautionary tale. And I feel like we've watched so many of these uh, play out, whether it be like financially, like Teresa Giudici, uh, you know, we see how this Look all plays. You, giving her last name, the pronunciation it deserves. Look well, no, you. you know, that's took me like a year and because I used to like, this was at a bit on the podcast. I used to be like Giudice, Giudici, like I, it, like it just <laughs> I very call her Judice, I think. Do it. Teresa Judice, Judice, Judice. I don't know. I think I still say Judice. Judice. Um, my friend got me a Joe Giudici uh, cameo one time and he was like, he was in Italy because he can't be here anymore. And he was like, Ryan, how you doing champ? And he was like, it was like an old, and he was just like, 
stay strong, stay positive, and you got this. It was like 15 seconds. Okay. And it was, it was like, and I was just like, and it kind of like the, how he makes his money now is like kind of selling like vibrators online and stuff. <laughs> so, which is like one of the only couple things they still do together because she oh, sells yes, the same vibrator. Is that why she, do you remember when there was like a whole thing on one of her, uh, one of her like mom's back seasons where like the girls found her vibrator? Oh yeah. Is that like, I when think that started? Yeah, well, well, I think so, but like in this season already, if you saw the preview for the new season coming up, they show uh, Teresa with the vibrator of like, oh. I got all you ladies vibrators. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And that's that's what's ruining Melissa and Joe's relationship. It's, it's Teresa and vibrators. <laughs> and do you ever think about this with Housewives where it's getting so ridiculous where I'm like, are we eventually just going to see like a scene where everybody's using their vibrators on TV? Like in the <laughs> same scene? Time. Well, because we still haven't, we don't know what the Atlanta stripper situation is going to be. I'm very, like, I'm very curious. I mean, I want it to be something and I know I'm going to be disappointed. But Yeah, I, we're definitely going to be disappointed. Like, I do not think we are getting a saucy threesome between Tanya and Por- Also, just like, does Tanya strike you as Portia's type? No. No. We yeah. saw that Portia likes candy. Yes. I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I would never, I don't, maybe there are some people out there, but I don't see myself having a crush on a woman like Candy and then also having a crush on a woman like Portia. Maybe she's versatile. Um, the the <laughs> image, the image of that stripper though licking the the faceplate mask that he's in. Oh my god! It's like it's burnt. It's burned into my memory. Like sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night. And it's like my Vietnam where I'm like, ah, ah, he's licking his face mask. I'm like, okay, why are you sucking COVID? What is wrong with you? That's like, hey, now we now I got to be scared of face masks. Like great. Um, okay, so Real Housewives Salt Lake City. Um, you know, I think it's people give this show a hard time for some reason. Really. Well, I mean, I, everyone I know loves it. Yeah, but they love the first four or five episodes. And then like on Twitter, I see a lot of it's really fallen off. Like it is. And it's like it's I'm first season. By that. Who, I'm very but, like, surprised by that. I feel like it's done more than most. Like it's done more than Dallas did in two seasons. It, it had a better first season than even Potomac, I believe. Uh, you know, because Potomac found its footing, I think. Really? You, that, it seemed a little disjointed in the first season. It. I got to remember because I... I got to remember because Potomac brought us good drama the first season, even if it was weird. Yeah. It was off. The energy was off. And I wasn't into the whole, you're black, not black wars, but I liked the foundational dynamics it set for the group. Uh, I'm trying to think of if you might be right on that because there, I left season one of Potomac standing Giselle and really enjoying Karen but I'm leaving uh, season one of Salt Lake City, standing Whitney, really liking Lisa, really liking Heather, except for a, a personality trait we'll get to later. And, <laughs> and, and I, I am more excited to, see, I'm very excited to see what comes next. That's true. Yes. I'm very excited for them to discover that my girl Whitney is a secret bitch in the confessional. I'm ready for the reunion. Oh, she gave a line in this episode that is so good, I think. So <laughs> this is called All Bets Are Off. And just to remind you, at the end of last episode, Jen and Sharif made up, which I- Well, I mean, <laughs> Sharif to me, how, what is your read on Sharif? Um, I can't read Sharif. I'm, I'm not clear on him yet because um, 
I loved that the season opened with them and they looked so happy and joyful and like a good family. And I was like, wow, we're opening Salt Lake City with a black Muslim Polynesian family. Like, this is cool. And they seemed happy and like comfortable. And then now, like, it just looks to me that she's in a toxic relationship with a man who has no clue he's toxic and he's very charming. And so I'm like, okay, well, see, then I feel dumb because I'm buying into the charm a little bit. And it's well, but see, it's very different than Ralph going away for oh, like no, four Ralph days. Ralph, Ralph like is like just really scares me from a deep level. But like, you know, Sharif, where I feel like he is just going like, well, Sharif kind of like, because he always tries to placate Jen as quickly and efficiently yes, as possible. Exactly. Like if she calls him a war, she's like, I need a shot. He's just like, I love you, baby. I love you, baby. Okay. Are you good? Are you good? Tell me you're good. Okay. Bye. And then he goes back yeah. to work. He yeah. like knows how to do it. It's it's like very clear to me that she has been either shut down or dismissed a lot in her relationship. You know what I'm saying? He like, it's like, how... There's no football recruiting that takes you away from my father's funeral. I don't give a fuck. At your, at your job, you need to be able to say to the people in your athletics department that somebody in your family died and you need a bereavement date. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't understand things like that. And obviously she's lashing out. And one of the things I really dislike a lot or one of the things I dislike the most in a housewife is a woman in a bad marriage taking it out on her coworkers. Um, but like, I feel bad for Jen because it's very clear she doesn't have the same connection with her partner that she might've had in the past or that he's like dismissive of her or just like you said, placates her very quickly or whatever. It's, that's dark. Like there's no, I don't give a fuck what I did at any party. If we go to, if we go to bed in the same house, you are not, not talking to me for four days. I don't give a fuck what I did. You are not my husband and giving me the silent treatment in my home because I threw a glass at a birthday party. Yeah. You're going to ask me what I did and why we got there. I'm going to apologize to you and take full responsibility for it. I might even call all of your, all the guests and apologize for my outbursts. I'll do that. I'll do all that. We can sit down and talk it out. But you are not living in my home with me and giving me the silent treatment for four days as I raise your sons. Get the fuck out of here. No well, way. I mean, but you said something really interesting is that, you know, taking it out on her coworkers where Jen now, the physical representation of how poorly her marriage is going has take as, as, as embodied Whitney for some reason, yeah. everything that is wrong in Jen Shaw's life is now Whitney's problem. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like, and that also is because you always like these ladies don't have the benefit of watching themselves back a season Before, yeah, they yeah. don't know. So all these people went in thinking Jen Shaw was so loud that she is the star of this show. Mm -hmm. So everybody, all those women you see in the dirty bathtub scene from two episodes ago, where Heather <laughs> and, you know, where like they Heather's like, I'm so scared that you're just gonna want to be friends with Meredith and Lisa. And I'm yeah, just so scared. That was annoying like, to tell too. That's but, why I'm like Heather. Go but ahead. people are kowtowing to Jen when it's yeah, like thinking that they, she was the center what is it, the, the center snowflake? And she yeah. is, but she's she's not gonna be center snowflake next season. And it's so whack to watch um Heather kind of hedge her bets in that regard. And and so is Lisa to some degree. Well, but then and then and then uh uh, 
Jen, uh, Jen Shaw sees Whitney and hears her voice, hears her little baby voice, hears this blonde, uh, you know, fake boobs, like da da da. So she knows on. she's going to like she picks on her without the benefit of actually getting to know her, I believe, and mm -hmm. that's why it's so easy for her to blame everything on Whitney because well, she's. It, I agree with you on that, but it feels to me very much a Monique from Potomac thing where it's like, clearly I'm in an, a marriage that bothers me. Do you remember when they went to Monique's um, uh, house on the lake and it was her birthday and Monique has for seasons complained about her husband not helping her. Yes. Yeah. Then remember when we get to the lake house, right? And it's Monique's birthday. All the husbands are showing up to that day. Monique calls her husband, or her husband calls her and tells her he's not gonna grill because yeah. he wants to. Because he wants to uh, hang out with the boys. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy his time. And she's okay. like, okay, she's like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get okay. something together. And then she goes and picks on Candace. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, and that's also because uh, that also leads into that. I think was it the same episode where she was like. Well, I put it all up in a box uh, next to yes, the Candace and box, and one time the box next to Candace, and one time this box. Psycho, why is your coworker's box next to your husband's box? Those are different emotional shelves. She should be way down here by your shoes, not up here where your husband is. Well, it might be hard to get uh, property in Potomac that with space like that, you know. Like, um, Okay, so the, so this so this starting and that's what we're kind of dealing with the aftermath. Yeah, and you know we start and we're we're seeing we get like one of the only Mary scenes where Mary's calling Robert senior. And she's like, how does the Florida house look? And he's like, I want to sell it. I want to get rid of it. And the fun things with Mary scenes, you get so few of them that if you like pause and stuff, you want to look in the background because she has some like wild chairs. Her house is so crazy. It just does for this. Like, I know she, she hits us over the head with telling us, which you always have to like, you know, really pay attention to when somebody tells you they have taste when yeah. you tell you. And like I said, I have no fashion sense, but even I know, like, even if it's Gucci and all these things, if you throw it all together, it just looks like a mess, right? Like tacky as hell. And it's weird because her house, her mansion has like Jersey um, housewives sensibilities, right? Yeah. But yes. Like, Ornate kind of. Yeah. yeah. But then it's also got like, Atlanta housewives sensibilities as well. So it's like this weird hodgepodge of like ornate, but like looks fake, but also like it's supposed to look bougie, but in like a country way. It's so bizarre. Well, to me, it's like uh, a little like the good place of just like inventing something that we think would be a house and a housewife show. This is what you would get, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, um, true. that's exactly true. Uh, so we see that. Then we go into a, a quick scene with, uh, you know, our seventh housewife, um, uh, Brooks Marks. And I, look, let me know what are, what are your thoughts on Brooks? He's a very controversial figure this season. Is there is there controversy? I thought we were unified and disliking this boy. Where's well, I mean, no, we loved him the first episode. The second episode, we hated oh, I him. I loved him the first episode. The, the third episode, people were like, hey, remember when we liked him? And everybody's like, well, okay, we shouldn't pick on a kid. And now we're back to universally hate him because I hate him because he should not, the mom should not be asking the son if she can do things and he yeah. should not be ruling that roost. No. And everybody seems scared of this kid. And, and I don't get it. And it's so disrespectful. I personally just, he's so disrespectful to his parents. Like, and that really gets to me. I like the way he reacted to his father missing the fashion show. Get a fucking grip kid. 
You know what he, I mean? He said in five different scenes, why didn't you come to my fashion show? Five separate scenes. The dad keeps going, I was at work. Like he keeps saying it. Yeah. Oh, why weren't you there? I could have wanted you there. And then he goes, the dad even goes, well, I can't promise it won't happen again. Like it's the weirdest family. They all yeah. sit on Xanax he, together. And, and I, this is me reading too much into something. I know. So don't sass me online, please. But like, um, I just feel like he doesn't like his father and he's very comfortable separating his mother from him. I don't know. That's yeah. just the sense I get. He like, he seems to be isolating her a lot away from the father. Now, do I like the father? No, but I feel like that you shouldn't be so excited to, to have your parents not connect. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just feels weird to me. There's I, a show. Yeah, there's sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Uh, obviously, like, we don't know the family, we just met them, but I just think it's inappropriate for Meredith to allow that dynamic to exist. And also like, I'm your mother, you know what I'm saying? And my relationship with your father is going to be different from your relationship with your father. And so like, don't, it, it just seems like they're rolling up a bunch of things that don't belong together into one ball. It's like, stay away and that whole like if you guys are hooking up like don't have sex in the bedroom above me and it's like i pay the fucking rent here all i have to say i want to why don't you put your fucking yeah. in and don't yeah me? and it's like bruh like i know this is probably just a scene and like a line that you concocted for cameras but it's like bruh you left school to be at home so if you were back at school you wouldn't hear us fuck why don't you do your education yeah and stop trying to be on TV and let me and your mama smash it yeah. out. And don't come out. This is the people. Well, he came there to like help his mom through the separation. No, he didn't. He came because he heard his mom was going to be on a Bravo housewife show. Yeah. Hands down. He was like, <laughs> I, I better get working on my tracksuit then. Yeah. Like he, literally, that was it. But we see their scene, which is like a typical Brooks scene where they're in like a arrow one type grocery store. And he's like, I want gluten free, dairy free, sugar free, <laughs> super non carbohydrate chips. He goes, I want these chicken nuggets. And then he thinks a dog treat sounds good because it had salmon and chicken <laughs> and there's just it's like christopher guest it's like a christopher guest film these characters would be in you know yeah um, uh then we go to sharif uh we find out that they're doing a double date with heather Shaw, and one of his friends named big daddy i roll uh, why i roll i roll for me because i'm a black person and when heather showed up talking about how much she likes black men that was like, I'm going to stay away. Like, I'm not into this. Oh, I was, I'm a lily white Mormon lady who was in love with this man who didn't love me back or something, whatever. And then it's like, now to break away from this restrictive Mormon environment, I'm going to fuck black dudes. Like, get a grip, girl. Like, okay. See, I am looking at it a little bit differently because I thought she was like fucking like just anything that moves, but I get what they're trying to put it in this box. But do you have any kind of empathy for her in the sense like I, I'm divorced and like I had this kind of thing of like where for a long time I kind of carried around. Well, nobody can ever trust me ever again because I stood up in front of my friends and said I commit to this and it just didn't work out. And I kind of carried around this guilt for I still do. And I kind of got that with Heather of like, well. I, you know, I'm kind of torn away from my God. I'm torn out. Like I, I felt like really kind of empathy I can empathize, for that. I can empathize fully with that. I 100%. But it's then putting the narrative in yeah, of like, like, I fuck like, so like black. black. 
It's like, oh, well, um, now that I've broken free of this restrictive racist church, I'm going to fuck black dudes. Like, that's weird. Yeah. That's yeah. weird to me. I never like it. I never like what feels like fetishization. And it's not going to be funny to me. And so we'll get to that scene later. But it was just like very, it it just was like, you know, like, oh, he's tall and dark and handsome. It's just like, because I like it. I like it. Yeah. Mommy, mommy likes. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, it's creepy. I mean, the same with the dude who she uh, left with at the party. It was at just the, like, uh, the Sundance party. Yeah. It was like, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm excited for you to get out there. You bold as hell smashing this dude. So I was like, I fucks with it. But when we were like, but when it was like, oh, here's a hip hop party. And then like, Heather picks the black dude and they keep telling us that Heather only likes black guys. It just felt uncomfortable. So it becomes more of a pattern that, okay, I totally get that. Um, We now get our first scene with Whitney and, you know, Whitney, I really, really love Whitney. And like, just to like, to deal with what she's dealing with, with her dad and Mm -hmm. try to bridge the gap between stepbrothers and sisters and different families and trying to make them like, trying to bring her dad back into the fold. What is your opinion on all of this? I, first of all, she's bold as hell and brave as hell to, to, cause there's no way that I would have an addiction story on national television. That is so, in my opinion, just really, 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 really powerful. Um, especially since, you know, she's honest. Her father seems to be honest, you know, not necessarily telling the truth all the time, but her father seems to be honest in that there's an addiction journey he's going through and he's going to do it on TV. And then the fact that if what she's telling us is true about that being the first time her siblings see them all four together in 10 years on national television, you, God bless you for sharing that with us. Some people need to see it. You're braver than I, I would never. Well, and that's why, I mean, Whitney seems like a person that makes things happen, like was willing to throw herself into the fire, kind of like, I mean, and unfortunately when she's drunk, like at the hip hop party, it doesn't work. She stumbles over her words. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise she's like, well, dad, I'm here to kind of bridge. She's I mean, she's so articulate with um, therapy or therapeutic language. You know what I mean? Like she's very good at like, I hear you. I'm receiving it. Here's how I've processed this information. Here's what I'm saying in response to you. Are you okay with what I've just said? Do you understand what other people are saying in response to you? Like even just the way she handled her siblings with their dad. It's oh. like, dad, do you hear what they said? You know, I was like, damn, I like well, this girl. I mean, we a couple episodes ago when she was talking to her dad and she was like, dad, I want to make sure that I'm not your financial support. Yes. And that I actually, you are my dad and that I want to see you and that you're not expecting anything from yes. me. I was like, I would have stumbled the fuck yes. over that speech a million times and she oh, nailed it on the yeah. that's why it cracked me up when she was she drunk she, was, she drunk. was like say, you know what i'm really trying to say is a straight shooter right <laughs> and her dad i i really i know her and her dad i think are not talking right now which kind of worries yeah. me and it's got to be weird for you to share a personal journey and then like you know knuckleheads like me and everyone of like ha stupid hair asshole yeah you know like yeah. i'm sure uh, that strained it which is also but um one of my friends last night um, we were like group watching uh, uh, Atlanta and uh, she was, we were just talking and she was saying that Whitney reminds her of Ashley from Potomac where they just show up younger than everybody on the cast, but like so open in a way that like nobody else can, um, you know, even come close to. And I was just like, whoa, that's like such an interesting parallel because I, the husband's not a groper, at least as far as we know, but like, yeah. it was so nice to like, 
yeah, just showed up and was like, here are my flaws. Here are them, all of them. And there's a pole in my house. And uh, I've got a huge side tattoo. Yeah. And then it's like, and my family ain't shit. So like it was, it's nice to be like, look, I have a complicated upbringing. I'm going to let you see that. I have a complicated circumstances around my marriage. I'll let you see that. And it's just, it just feels honest. Now I'm nervous for her dad, like you, about what you just said in terms of us mocking her. And even the internet was not very kind to Ashley's family as well. But I'm really, really glad that she showed us and I hope her and her dad figure it out. But it's bold as hell to come on with your daddy's addiction story on the first, your first season on the first franchise in your state. That's crazy. And I just wonder in like addiction counseling and all that, like, is that like, no, they're, they're, you know, I I can't imagine like, cause I know that you're you're supposed to shy away from relationships the first year. And, and, and he's obviously had issues where he's stumbled before and picked himself back up, but it's really weird to like, to see that one thing when he was like, Hey, just, I can't share a room. No way, man. No, no, no. And he had these kind of like huge. And it was like, that's a red flag for me of like, yo, you don't get to say if you get to share a room or not, you're giving yourself up to the process. Yes. But then how, like, can you imagine how insane it must be to wherever he is in his recovery at the moment, you know, be like doing things that new addicts or newly recovering addicts do like having a selfish or aggressive kind of moment like that. And having it on TV for all of us to assess. It's like, oh, your recovery might not actually be that strong if this is a thing you're complaining about. And it's like, but this is also a thing that people who are new in recovery complain about sometimes. They have Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, like, he's going to act out. And I'm so nervous for him that his moments of acting out are on TV for all of us to scrutinize. Yeah, you know, you're you're dead on right. But what was... So this has been 10 years, you guys, since these family members saw him and like mm-hmm. he walks in and we got to meet, uh, I think her stepsister or sister and her stepbrother. Yeah. And he's like, he's hey, brothers, half brother. Yeah. And they have a really good relationship. We met him earlier in this uh, the season, like uh, doing jujitsu or something, mm-hmm. which is also a, like <laughs> the family that jujitsu is together. But uh, <laughs> but the guy, he just has this kind of like I I. In my head, I was thinking like, oh, he's going to come in with his tail between no, his he's legs. Been arrogant he, and he was like, what's up, y'all? We had some good yeah. times. Huh? We yeah. had good times. Let's get that back. And I kind of like thought that was really interesting, too, and very honest. Because- yeah, he was. He was. But he was also like, yeah, it was weird because he was big dicking his kids a little bit. And yes. Like, he's like, I'm here if you want me. If not, fuck off. Like, he yeah. didn't say that, but it was that kind of it, attitude. It was that kind of the energy. You know what I mean? And that was why when Whitney turned to her left and said, but dad, do you hear what they said? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, you're so dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he talks about, they're going to start going to process groups with him. He thinks that would be really good. So I'm sure, I don't know if we'll see that uh, in the future. And that's what really scares me about seeing this reunion because you guys, it's been like a year since they've actually stopped filming. And so much mm-hmm. has had to happen in that last year that I'm almost scared to catch up on things at the yeah, reunion, right, right. You know? mm-hmm. um, which is just so weird too. think about all the relationship stuff that has probably happened in the last year that cameras weren't around for. It's kind of like Vanderpump rules season nine that we never, <laughs> that, that took place online. Um, but yeah, basically is, which, but, but I mean, you got to admit it took like the whole season took place online and if somebody, if somebody was smart enough to do like a Ken Burns documentary of Vanderpump rules this summer of like, you know, 
And then Faith That's did an hilarious. Instagram live. Yeah. That is um, so funny. Okay. So, uh, so the process group, this is great. Now we cut to the scene of the double date. Heather comes in dancing. Sharif and Jen's there. Uh, Heather's ready to party and she orders a drink immediately. Yeah, my girl. <laughs> which, by the way, that's like, I'm totally that guy that, like, let's get a drink, loosen yeah. up. I get nervous sometimes when people aren't drinking, uh, which is like a horrible thing to say. Yes, that's true. an anxiety that I couldn't have. I was like, the minute he ordered that cranberry and orange together, I was like, oh, pussy dried up. She's not fucking him. <laughs> well, yeah. So Big Daddy, you guys, loves like sweet stuff. He loves, uh, you know, a mixed uh, orange. What was it? Orange juice and cranberry juice? Yeah, it was. I was like, well, I've never mixed those without booze before we I, I was like i've got to introduce you to my 11 year old nephew you guys yeah. would love each other um but you know it seems like heather's fair game like you said she is like oh tall dark and handsome he's checking all the boxes um but then they kind of do a weird thing where they make fun of big daddy because he just talks yeah like, they do it like they, you guys they do one of those edited time clocks where he talks for like 30 minutes because she asked him one question which i was like Oh, cool. He knows he like is passionate about his job. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't get why he was boring either. And like for their age and you know, their their group of friends and stuff, he seems like a perfectly nice guy and good catch. And I, you know, we obviously didn't get to know him, but she was instant the minute he wasn't drinking, she dried up. Oh. There was no he had no shot after that, you know. Oh, Ray, I dried up. Like I'm a man, I was like, no, I don't I didn't want to watch this. No. <laughs> it's just it was ridiculous and it was, but also Heather uh, was very kind of like, yeah, I'm not into this. Like it was like, she, you could tell immediately. Well, because he, first of all, the way he showed up dressed, I was shocked as well because I was like, did they get, you know, a different dress code or something? Like Heather was like in this like, like sparkly top and, you know, Jen was done her face beat to the nines and, and then here comes a dude in a black polo top and I'm like, what, what date are we on? <laughs> but also like, I got it. See, this is so ignorant of me, but I do that. Like when like Sharif's not drinking, Jen's not drinking, he's not drinking. I'm just like, it does sometimes my first thought of like, well, this isn't going to be fun. Like I know. <laughs> and, and by the way, I really haven't been able to go out in like a year. So I don't know what yeah. that would be like anymore, but um yeah, I don't know what fun as an adult looks like without booze either. So don't feel judged. I actually, like, but the thing is, like, it turns out, somebody told me that we're the wrong ones for being like, why aren't you drinking? Oh, <laughs> I like, oh, oh, I forgot. oh by the way, I, I would imagine 80% of the people listening right now are like, Ryan, that means you're an alcoholic. You know? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm good with that, you know. Yeah. Hey, we all have something, right, you guys? Yeah. Um, so the sparks didn't fly for this, uh, which was very, I guess, sad, sad but fine. Um, do you got 20 more minutes? Are you good? For, yeah. are you, okay, good. I just want to make sure. Um, okay, so uh, this happens. Do you think, did you see, what did you th think of Heather's uh, ex-husband when we saw him finally? I was astonished. I uh, thought it was the grandfather. I thought. Oh, he looks like. God forgive me, he had a rough life. And I'm like, so what fancy Mormon family are y'all from? Because he looked like he'd been in the streets. You know what I mean? Well, they and the, the, the thing that's really damning is they show a picture of them married as a couple, like a fun couple picture. Mm -hmm. And he looks like full of life and 40 yeah. pounds heavier and his face. Yeah, and then he's like, so, so inscribed. But also Heather looked 
happier and like full of life too as well i was but like, that's good like in my head it's like oh cool he gave like she took all of his uh, <laughs> a, a, he took all of his alive weight and soul force and like she's bouncing around and he looks like and yeah. like his, his sneakers were looked like they were like payless sneakers yeah and, were, like, and, like, dirty. and he and he's just sitting there he's like well, since none of you guys got anything for me, and I just like he has no zest for life at all. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when she brought Scary Movie three in the discourse? Oh my god! I was like, you got left because of Scary Movie three. But also, you saw Scary Movie three in the theaters. Yeah. You were like, was I? Mean, I would love that it was you like opening. Stumble weekend. upon that on my on my basic cable without all the, with the curse words bleeped out, you paid money to see the first. <laughs> he shamed her for a glory hole joke. Yes, he was like, we're, we're out of here, you know? And then he, he said he, he was not going to have sex with her any longer and, until and she like, apologized. I, and, and honestly, I, I'm so astonished at, I'm glad they're not in the marriage and I'm glad he left her because she obviously didn't want to get left. But anybody who's going to withhold sex because of a joke in a movie is not a good person. <laughs> like we are in a loving romantic relationship. And because I thought something was funny and you didn't, now we can't love each other sexually, like physically. What's I wrong mean, if you're making any life choices from like the scary movie trilogy, then like something is definitely wrong. Yeah. Like, um, I'm I, glad she's not in that marriage. But he was so wildly average that it was like it almost like you know what you pick uh you posted on Twitter that Tom Brady old photo today. Yeah, yeah, and yes. it was like and you were like, look at look at him now, you know, look at him then. And I was thinking, did you pay attention to any of that Jay Cutler, Madison, LaCroix, oh, Austin shit this of weekend? Course. I talked about it yesterday on the pod, you guys, with Southern Charm. And it's like I look at Jay Cutler, I'm not a sports guy, but I'm like he just likes looks like he has the biggest doofiest face around, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I think I'm like, handsome. oh, <laughs> wait, I gotta send you pictures because there's certain pictures where I'm like, come on, dude, like I know, like I know he's, uh, I don't even know, is he good at football? He's obviously good at he something. Was, he was, he was like, he was like, uh, he was like more, he was better than okay at football, but it was a like. People wanted him to be better than he was. And so people like rallied around. People, people believed him. Us. Yeah, people kept telling us he was good. But if you look at the numbers, he was like better than average. And that's fine. Okay. Well, that's hopefully one day I'll be described as better than average. But <laughs> um, but like it, it led me to like, it was kind of like with this guy where I'm like, man, like average, average dudes. Like we get everything. Like, like, I mean, like, we get, like, like you have people like Madison and Kristen Madison Cavallari. Fine as hell. I mean, really, fine honestly, I don't personally like Madison. I don't, but I, I don't like her on the show, but I think she's gorgeous and I hate Austin, but I'm not even a you huge. You don't like Madison on the show? I know. I like her, but I don't like, I don't like this last, uh, last week when she was like, got up in everybody's business. I mean, oh, I, I, like didn't, her. I didn't catch the last, I didn't catch. Oh, the last you need to see when it's like the second part of the Pringle party and okay. well, there Pringle, there's another one an average, like he has, I ab. Pringle. he, I he has abs. So everybody, all girls are like, yeah, yeah, everybody's like Pringle's hot. And I'm like, he looks like uh, oh, rich drunk to me. I don't know what the fuck you're talking. Well, about. and that's like that's like every scene he wants to like find some way to take his shirt off because he knows his abs is the money maker. Yeah. I, but I posted a thing in my highlights reel, you guys, where I, I you guys saw this where I posted all the who Pringle looks like, and it was like you know <laughs> the guy from Game of Thrones, the little guy. Oh shit, he does. He does. He looks like a mix of that and who. There was a bunch of different people that he looked like, and Pringle found it and like caught like DM'd me and was like. Well, I kind of agree about some of these. He was like a good sport about. He was a good sport about it. And then I literally go, I go, 
well, hey man, I'm not, I go, I'm not that great looking either. And like, I, like, I didn't know how to defend myself. So I was like, I go, I go, at least, um, at least you're not in any kind of court cases like Thomas. Like I was, I didn't know what to say. Right, right, right. He, he was like a good sport about it, yeah. but I was just like, also he uh, was very good about not liking Trump on his, in, on his Instagram. And I was love, I love, cause I, I my, love Shep again. Like I turned yeah, the corner on Shep no, again. We, yeah. we, uh, we didn't fully turn the corner on Shep. I'm still skeptical, but he's, he's working a little bit. Yeah. Me. But, uh, but yeah, like I did not expect any Southern man, especially a man on a show called Southern charm to be, you know, good on that. And COVID relationships aside, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 glad Pringle doesn't suck is what I'll say. What do you think of Patricia? Oh, I can't stand her. I don't get why everybody else loves her. But yeah. I just you're just gonna it's got you're gonna be hard pressed to find me celebrating a person who's proud of their Confederate heritage. It's yeah. just always gonna be awkward for me. What do you think of Whitney? I don't think of Whitney. <laughs> that's the right answer. A lot of girls will like, that's what scares me sometimes. Like, I just don't understand women. Like sometimes like I don't, I wit, so people will be like, oh, Whitney's so hot. And I'm like, are you no, effing out of your mind? See, that's what, like, it must be the TV. Like it's, it's like. The TV, it's the TV. The only hot, hot one on that show is Craig. And he's so lame. I'm over it. <laughs> like, Craig really is like the bare minimum. Like the guys on Southern Charm. He's got a are great the, face. A great face. But Craig you, has. you, but it, no, he. But it is getting a little coked a li- out, a little, a little li- yes, it's a little dried, a little puffy, a little yeah. like that's what I'm saying. Like, and if you guys, I, you guys know, I fr- I froze like certain scenes in Southern Charm, and you could see the coke on the table and stuff like that. Uh, wait for real? I'll say, oh yeah, like a rolled up. Uh, it, it was on a Harry Potter book, which has cracked me up. Yeah, and you, it's like. And there was all in the Craig's bud- house. Whose house? Was it was it was Craig or Austin. I'll send you the picture. It was uh, and you saw all the Bud Light cans in the sink, and then you saw the book with like a roll a rolled up, and you saw like crumbles of white stuff. No! Either that, either that, or Craig has like really bad dandruff. And uh, no, um, on Harry Potter. <laughs> yes, J.K. Rowling finally did something right. I guess. Um, so, anyways, sorry. So back to the uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, we, uh, we find out that Whitney is going to plan. She's planning a girl's trip to Vegas to reconnect they it up on us pretty quick. Didn't they? Oh yeah. It was out of nowhere. Especially in the middle of the episode. Do you think an email goes out from production of like, who wants to invite all the ladies to Vegas? Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, switch turns, you know, all that. So she texts all the ladies. We get that scene and, uh, uh, we immediately get Jen going, I'm the CEO of fun, which uh-huh. is always a bad sign. If anybody tells you they're the head of anything. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. Why do you have to be, why do you have to be in charge? You know what I mean? And why, why do we need officers? And how come you're the only officers? There's not a CFO of fun. Yeah. Like I, you like I'm not the, I, I'm the administrative assistant of fun. I'll be there, you know? <laughs> um, so everybody's Meredith says, of course, Vegas isn't exactly my scene, but I'll go. Like I don't, <laughs> the Meredith, Mer- yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, consider me hashtag blessed on that one. <laughs> um, Mary asks if Jen is so Mary actually gets invited, but asks if Jen is going. And Mary's like, I, you know, I can't do it. If Jen's going, I, thought I can't do it. That was very stupid. I thought that was very stupid of Mary. But in perfect Mary fashion, she goes, I would rather have a plane full of mice than Jen. And that's so, <laughs> st- 
that's so specific. It's like specific it, would, it would almost make sense if it was like more like if it was a plane full of snakes, because then you'd be like, yeah. oh, snakes on a plane. I get yeah. she's, she's like, where did she get the image of a plane full no of idea. mice? And why aren't you terrified to even conjure up the image? Because it instantly gave me creepy crawlies. Oh, really? Just interesting stuff. Meredith calls uh, Lisa. Uh, Lisa is going to think about it because remember, she actually blames Whitney on a lot of this too. So she's, what is Which your, I didn't uh, understand. I, it's, it's, it, I, I'm not, I, I know this is like, I'm in the minority. What, what is, I don't like Lisa Barlow. I think she's a mean girl. I think she's I think a she's bully. A mean, this is why I like Lisa Barlow. <laughs> the only issue, which is why I can't stand C-A-S-T-A-N, not stand. But the reason I can't fully stand um, Lisa is because I, the thing I like about a villain is a villain who owns it. You know what I mean? I want a villain who sits there and goes, I'm starting trouble for the sake of a good show. You know what I'm saying? But Lisa Barlow is too greedy to just lean into villain. She wants everyone to still root for her. It yeah. seems like. And so she'll never just be as bitchy as we all know she wants to be. And then she'll come up with justification for it. Like with this Whitney thing. I'm like, just be a bitch there because you fucking feel like it. Like, why are we acting like Whitney stabbed your kid? You know what I mean? Like, it was just so weird. It's so, yeah. And especially when cameras are on, you're like, how do you think this is going to play out? Like, yeah. It's very interesting. And, so and why and why haven't you figured out that Bravo audiences always like the Bambi-eyed, like well-meaning, pretty girl who's younger than the rest of them? It always happens. That's why I want a documentary of them watching this season and like <laughs> like the realization of seeing how the TV paints yourself. Like there is an element of truth to all of it. Um, but Meredith also lets us know. Well, I don't want any drama, and I'm like, then don't be on the fucking show. Like you can't keep disengaging. Like her big thing like I'm disengaging yeah. you can use that once or twice if I hear more <laughs> disengaging I'll be like get on just go live your life away from the cameras then yeah. engage yeah um, Whitney uh you know they're all going Whitney's talking to her husband uh Meredith is talking to her husband Brooks um goes <laughs> Brooks goes uh it's the prostitution capital of the world and Meredith's like I don't know about that it it's so boring <laughs> And uh, I like like do do the does production think he's giving us something like they they're forcing him down our throat. It's not like oh we're catching Meredith in fun scenes in her house and her son happens to be there. It's like no they're giving us Brooke scenes and what are they thinking? They're like, doing talking heads. So like that's like the it almost feels like is there a writers room for these shows and they're like what about that Brooks kid? Could we right. make that work? And then there's like yeah. a champion of Brooks of like yeah. that kid's magic. And they're like, you know, is that yeah, how that goes you, They down? made us watch him pick out juice or whatever kale chips. Uh, like, what do y'all think he's bringing that we needed to see him pick out kale chips? Like what? Cause I, what is he? I, there's nothing. I've never wanted to watch anyone pick out kale chips and definitely not the asshole son of like some, yeah. <laughs> some boring housewife. <laughs> Um, but that, and then like somebody was like, well, you can't pick on, uh, kids of the housewives. I'm like, no, no, no. He has a talking head. He's 21 years old. Yes, I'm, I'm allowed asked, to say whatever I, I want tweeted, to say about Brooks. I tweeted, I said, is Brooks 21 years old? Can we admit we don't like him? And then everybody under my tweet was like, he's over 21. And I was like, good. Yeah, <laughs> we do not enjoy not him. <laughs> we do not enjoy him. Um, so uh, Jen, once again, lets us know she's the hype girl of the trip. Oh. Whitney put in her Vegas extensions on her blonde I hair. Oh, yeah, so it looks nice. great. Yeah. Um, 
Whitney goes, it's absolutely, we find out that Lisa is probably going to come. She's in Vegas already. And she goes, it's absolutely bullshit that Lisa didn't call me to say she's going. And it's just her acting like she's above me, which is totally right. It's a total, uh, it's a total mind game that Lisa's trying to play. Well, see, I see what Lisa was trying to do. She just doesn't know she looks stupid because she has no leg to stand on in the fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she was trying to big time Whitney, but Whitney deserved it, I would have loved it. But Whitney didn't deserve it. So it looked bitchy and stupid, you know? It is funny. We all go around in our lives thinking we are the stars of the show. Yeah. And we don't really correctly ever place ourselves. And yeah. what, like, some, some of us are just, some of us are just worker bees, you know? Yes. And like, um, and so, like, it was like, if if Kenya or if like Lisa Vanderpump had done it, I'd have been like beast queen. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like Lisa is attacking the wrong person and like weirdly fixated on someone that doesn't deserve it. And she doesn't know because they're still in the process of filming the show. She doesn't know that Jen is the villain already. Yeah. So she's like, she's still moving like Jen is the star. See, that's why I really kind of like to watch it because you realize they don't like know who they are yet. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, Whitney says, Lisa's trying to make this about her. Um, and this, and the producer asks, is that your impression of her? And this yes. is where I love Whitney. <laughs> Whitney goes, yeah, I can't do it. I can't look like I'm taking a shit and being sexy at, in the same time. <laughs> she literally gives like out of nowhere this like laser-like precision slam on Lisa Barlow of like- It's so good. And I was like, did did we know that Whitney felt this way? Cause I didn't know Whitney felt this way. It's like, don't be, don't be like, don't, don't get it twisted that she can't like just crush you just because she has a tiny yeah. baby voice. You yeah. know? So like, I already loved her, but that I was like, fuck. Okay, can't wait for the reunion. I rewound it because I just was caught off guard because of her voice. And I was like, did I hear that? That actually, <laughs> like, I said, that works as a joke. Like, that actually, and it like, feels it genuine. Like, well-structured joke. <laughs> well, and you know, some of those, we feel like I get- act we, out. Yeah, we get written talking heads. I almost felt like that was off the top of her head or she's just that good of an actor. Um, well, when the producer was like, when the producer was like, you feel? Pressure, she's like, I can't even do it. I was dying, dying, uh, dying. Um, uh, Jen lets us know that she knows that Lisa has a problem with Whitney and she lets us know that she has a problem with Whitney too. Uh, this is a thing I hate. If I already apologized to you and you accepted it, move the fuck on. Yeah. Um, they, they are at a place called Nomad in Vegas, which I don't even know. I don't, <laughs> I didn't know Vegas was still opening new things, but I guess it was like a year ago. A guy, this is like, you know, Bravo's known for those little side characters. Like we had one in Potomac where it was like a Giselle's, not Giselle's, uh, Karen Huger's party. And they had a Shakespearean guy of like, we're invited you to Miss Karen's party. Yeah. And the, the hotel manager reads a poem to him, which I was like, yes, they're so awkward. It was awkward. I was like, this doesn't even work in a tacky Bravo way. It just kind of like, <laughs> it would be like mom, I'm on TV. And then they're like, Oh, that's so embarrassing. Um, Heather says, um, spent more time crafting. Oh yeah. Heather's like this manager spent more time crafting this welcome than Billy did with his marriage proposal. And I'm like, okay, calm down, Don Rickles. Like it, that was a little written. Uh, yeah. And the delivery was very like, here's the punchline. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Whitney says we're doing exotic cars. So they're going to do a racetrack, but this is a weird thing. Jen goes, okay, but Hey, I have a special surprise for Heather that I'm going to need yeah, what to. An asshole. What like, an asshole. Like, what is the, I mean, I just, you know, not to I do that. You don't Jen separate people from the group. 
right away even you could maybe separate the group tomorrow but on the first day at least let's all do what the host planned for us on the first day and then secondly it's just like why does I'm really offended by it because it offend it interferes with the way that the dynamics show out. And I think these shows always are at their best when the whole group is together. Like, why do you get to just split the group in half and decide some people can come and some people can't all the time? If this was the one time Jen did it, I would be like, whatever. But it's like, you've already been icing uh, Mary out of the, of the show. And then it's like, now here you are interrupting another uh, group scenario, and I don't like that. Well, I think that's what happens when you're the CEO of fun. I think that's <laughs> it. it's, uh, but it is. It's like who's the like? She's like the big dog, and she's gonna yeah, like piss like, and show like, like like it's Whitney's trip, and you're like, oh yeah, I arranged a secret. Well, fuck you. Go to dinner <laughs> and talk it out. You know, it's fun to watch uh, uh, Whitney in this scene because she gets really red easily, and you see mm-hmm. like her skin is very fair, so she mm-hmm. you can tell when she like gets she's emotionally so red. Yeah, she was yeah. like. She was she was hurt and the way she just looked down almost in the same way she looked down when uh oh we're i'm jumping ahead go ahead no no, no. I, so we go we find out that whitney tells heather in their room that she like lets us know she's like well now i have to go uh, race car driving with lisa and meredith which is just like really shitty because that's who she was like had words with at yeah. jen shaw's hip-hop party and like that really is like not like, I, I hate shit like that. Like, I know immediately when people don't like me, I don't want to then hang out with them separately without mm-hmm. somebody there to, like, be the buffer. Yep. Um, and, uh, but Lisa comes, like... But I feel like maybe Jen did that on purpose then so Whitney could get a scene with he, right? No, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lisa says, I don't... Lisa, we're in a scene with Lisa. She says, I don't feel like I owe anyone an explanation, especially Whitney, about being in Vegas. And she lets us know she had to meet her team down there. And I'm guessing of... Uh, Vita Tequila, the uh, <laughs> number one tequila of somewhere. I know. Of 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 uh, Mormons is what yeah. it is. The the Mormons who don't drink. <laughs> so Meredith and Lisa are in the scene, and Meredith go like, and Lisa goes, "What are we doing?" And she's like, "Ugh," and it's a race car thing. And like, she's thinking that Lisa's gonna say she. Yes, that. I know. I, I was thinking, it. but I was also like, "Oh man, Lisa's gonna shit on this so hard." And Lisa yeah. goes. I love that. Yeah, I, I was so excited. I was so excited to have a moment where like an independent thought happened because yes. I was like, I was like, oh, this is a cast that will do what the the bigger person in the scene wants yeah. to do. And I was so happy for her to be like, no, I do like it. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Like that's like, I always love TV shows when I, I it doesn't go the way I thought it would go. Yeah. And this, I was like, Oh, this is a perfect moment where they're just going to both shit on Whitney and this yeah. trip and everything. There was another happens. moment toward the end. We'll get to it where I was like, Oh, I did not expect you to have an independent thought there. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. This is good. So then we find out Jen is with Heather and her special surprise. She puts her, you know, hand over Heather's like, you know, three, two, one. And then she goes, Shame amazing and we find out it's her own private shopping experience she couldn't find her a man so she's gonna find her a new outfit like (laughs) i mean but also like fuck you for taking me aside and springing on me a luxury store that i may or may not be able to afford the items in like you just you just sprung on me giuseppe shopping spree like what the fuck well also like i mean i don't know like i don't go when i've been clothing shopping it's not like a fun experience like i don't like to see my legs and pants i don't like to oh, you know like you know what fun. i'm saying 
like, I mean, well, I mean, for I just like, I just want to get it over with as quickly as possible. Obviously, females have like a different vibe about and, it. And, you know, and the whole like, they're wealthy, but. Well, she better have paid for Heather then. Yes, I feel like she. You don't spring that on somebody. You don't bring, it's, hey, on national television, I didn't warn you to budget for here's a place where the cheapest thing is 10 grand the fuck are you crazy <laughs> this is the note i wrote and sometimes i'm like i don't understand like i wrote this note and this doesn't i wrote didn't realize jen had it that way <laughs> like, that, like what is what is I, wrong I, with you I'm right? also constantly wondering where her money is from and i was like when she said oh well, these are my personal shoppers. And I think Broadway, Bravo wrote personal shoppers underneath. I was like, these people are looking at her like they have never seen her before. She is not there. But she hired them for this scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally. But I mean, like, I yeah, there's a lot of mystery between like, there's like all her assistants that they keep doing the number system on. Yet I still don't know what she does that yeah, like, uh, like she apparently owns mad businesses, but they didn't tell us what the businesses are. Like what it was like marketing something or other. And then we found out the ski chalet it was rented actually. Rented, that wasn't. Yeah. But also like somebody with that kind of trigger emotional, like, I just can't imagine like things like this are good for business. No. Like uh, when you see somebody like throwing glasses and yes. stuff like that. Or being that erratic, you know, why do I want to enter into a contractual relationship with a person who like, I don't want to be stuck if, you know, you start getting erratic on me, you know? It's just weird that she didn't do this for the other ladies or like made this part. I did for the, the, and the yeah, and I don't see why you wouldn't think it would be glamorous for all of you to be, you know, having a like Beverly Hills in Rome shopping moment. Like, why wouldn't you want that? That would make you guys all look nice, you know, look all like the, you know, the classiest, the fanciest, the bougiest, you know? And I thought we were actually going to get like actually... Lisa Barlow was going to ca- catch a little more flack for having that private deer elk meat party with tequila a couple episodes <laughs> in the, in the yurt. I was like, you know, for business ladies, like she yeah, only invited right. Meredith. Um, uh, she lets us know that she, uh, Heather can't buy her tits cause her plastic surgeon retired, which is great to know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then which we was, it was also surprising to me because, uh, I don't know. I'm because my family's Muslim. I like have like ideas about what Muslim people do. And so like to be on TV writing about her tits was like very, very fun. It was like a nice, it was, I was like, I was like, oh yes, Muslim girls can write about their titties too. <laughs> you don't send that clip to your parents, do you? Oh, my parents wouldn't care. My parents are actually pretty liberal as far as African Muslims go. But like, you know, generally speaking, people, people aren't usually that like, yeah, like yeah. now if I was actually showing my titties on TV, my mom would be like, <laughs> Maybe slow down a little bit, but we're we're proud you're working. Yeah, Uh, exactly. uh, So Whitney meets Lisa and Meredith. They drive over. They're all in their cell phones. It's really awkward. Lisa name drops that she's uh, been to this race track because she was watching Patrick Dempsey's team, the guy from (laughs) Grace. I was like, I was love racer. Yeah, I uh, met Ralph Macchio at this racetrack. Her phone. So. uh, Lisa says, I drive a Porsche in real life. I want to drive the Ferrari at the race car track. They're all in their race car outfits. Uh, and we find that this is the, the big thing of the scene, you guys, is Lisa turns out she's going the slowest for the person that says she loves this That's the so most. Funny. She loves high performance cars. Um, Whitney and Whitney's killing it. Yeah. Uh, Whitney says, Lisa drives slower than my grandmother. Lisa's clocked at 70 while the other ladies are over a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then Whitney, at the end of this, appreciates. I appreciate you guys for coming. I want to say sorry for how the party happened the other night. I was trying to talk to Jen, and then Heather came in hot, and it all went sideways. Which I do think it's funny that Whitney can't admit that, like, hey, I was I was drunk. Like, you know, she's <laughs> she pulling did. Heather into it, though. Well, the thing is, I agree with her. I do think it got hot when Heather came in because I think Whitney. As long as it was taking her drunk ass to say what she wanted to say, <laughs> she was going to be gentle. And then Heather just was like, girl, here's what it is. And like, really made it. Well, like she was treating it like a three hour movie. And it's like, we got to <laughs> go. Like, I mean, she, I saw her do it like seven times and I knew exactly where this was headed. But also, I think Heather had a different agenda for the conversation than Whitney did. And so that's what made trouble for um Lisa and Meredith and Whitney because Whitney's agenda was hey guys like or hey Jen you know people feel this about you and I think her intention was to get her to stop icing Mary out you know I, yeah. I didn't think I, her intention was not oh your friends are talking about you her intention was all of us agree that you're doing a thing and maybe we should stop and Heather's intention was Lisa and Meredith are talking about you and now you get to be my friend. You know what I mean? It's, but it's so funny. It's how it's always the person that wants everybody to be included that gets like stomped on. They get yes. like, fuck, I'm going to fucking destroy you, yes. you know? Your mistake for wanting unity, you know? Yeah. But the thing that gets like, what I've loved that Lisa gets really offended by is the part of Mary doesn't speak for me. I speak for me. <laughs> like, that's what really gets her goat is like, I'm not afraid of anybody and nobody speaks for me. And Meredith goes, me too. Yeah. And Meredith was like, did not say a word for the rest of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lisa says, ask me first next time if Mary says I said something. Which, by the way, that's just not how the world works. Because also, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, I'll, you know, I'll ask you next. I'll ask and you first. you're going to lie to me. You're going to say that yes. you never said it. Because you're going to say exactly what you feel in your heart to make you look better, which is yeah. not sometimes the truth about. Anyway, so we go back to Jen and Heather. They're trying on shoes. Jen's like, sexy, tribal. Um <laughs> Jen is buying twice the amount as Heather. Um, and Jen that is, whole J-Lo Versace suit thing. Um, did you see that uh, TikTok challenge that didn't take off? What did the, 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 the love don't cost a thing where no, she's I like flipping her jewelry it. on the beach and stuff, which is like, I, girl, it what? It didn't take off at all. Because uh, we're all poor. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, somebody <laughs> wrote like, do you want me to throw my Fitbit on the floor? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, what are you doing, J-Lo? <laughs> uh, so they start talking, which is always when trouble starts. Jen says, when I <laughs> when I met with Lisa, she was not happy with Whitney. Heather's like, yeah, but it doesn't change the original message of what was trying to be said. Jen says, you can't bring something up and not close it up. You have to bring the info. She's just mumbling. You have to bring the info and take it all the way to the end. <laughs> Heather in a talking head says, I don't understand how we're back here. Jen's getting yeah. completely riled up. And she goes, are you blaming Whitney for you throwing the glass? That was the independent thought moment. I didn't think she was going to say it. Didn't think she was going to say it. I but she, she nailed it. On, what What you say? I'm sorry. She I, nailed it, right? She like, nailed it. Absolutely correct. And I, and I was so surprised because I think that Heather is like too obsessed with being not left out that I didn't expect her to be brave enough. And then even when she says in the talking head, you know, uh, generally wants a henchman. I was like, I didn't think Heather would express that uh, frustration. 
you know. But I mean, but like that is exactly what it is. And it's like she's one of those people that if I have an enemy, you have an you enemy. Have to, and that's you have an enemy. work. That's not gonna work on a show with an ensemble cast. Do you know what I mean? It can't that was also why I think Nini got so toxic at the end. It can't be everybody has to hate Kenya because you do, and it can't be everyone's gotta hate Whitney because you do. It's like we're all coming to make a good show and like these are the people on the cast. Let's make do with what we can. Of course, you're going to have your little feuds, but it can't be, oh, Heather can't, you know, side with Whitney when Whitney's right about something. Like, what the hell? I always wonder, like, producers pull them aside and it's like a therapist mixed with, like, a coach of, like, how you doing out there? It's looking rough. Like, how you doing? <laughs> How are you feeling? Like, yeah. What, what, what's going through your head right now? Like, I mean, like, is it like, do they, do they coach them through something? Yeah, of like, I'm you know sure what? they, I'm sure, I'm sure they lead them, but unfortunately they lead them the opposite way. Yeah. Supposed to go. It just seems like I would love to see sometimes like the wrangling of a Jen Shaw of yeah. like, I think you should have thrown. I th- I was happy you threw that glass. I thought that was a powerful statement. I thought I'm it really sure, was. I'm you sure know? she heard that. I'm sure she got some of that. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm just kind of like, Girl, don't make me hate you because I'm I'm starting to get there. I I will always resent somebody who is interfering with it being a good show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I like that's why I'm so resentful of like leaving Mary out. Do you do you remember how good we got it? You smell like hospital. That happened when they got together. Show me more. Yeah, I mean, we know? even got like like you know, people like we got the Seven Eleven line yeah. like two episodes later. I mean, these right. Were, you know, she's throwing out like greatest hits immediately, you know? And, and and even if we wanted to like do it, you know, I don't need another race storyline on my housewives just because I know that that's what the world is talking about. But these women don't have the range. But like, even if that's the case, like, I think the dynamic between Mary and Jen talking about race and what's ghetto and what's not, that's something that could be interesting if, you know, they're not too crazy to like approach that resentment, you know? So like, I don't understand why Jen keeps depriving us. Like, and if you a bad bitch and bad bitch enough to be on this show, then you should have no problem dragging somebody off the cuff if they say something out of line in the moment. Like, why are we hiding from Mary Cosby? That woman can't even contain herself. She's like always blinking too hard and like looking- She looks like she's about to like disappear into her clothes. She's in her like mom's clothes or something and it doesn't fit. what, like what are you doing like not bring like are you scared of shorty like she makes you that mad like what is mary cosby to you you know what i mean like it, it really is bizarre when somebody can't like i don't know it it's fascinating and i'm curious i don't think we're gonna see because i think we have like two episodes left so i don't think we're gonna see any of that relationship until the reunion yeah um but uh she's even so jen's like set off now and she's like um, let let Whitney stand up for herself, Heather. You want to sit at the big girl's table, not the kitty's table eating nuggets, which is like, <laughs> now she's like getting in weird like descriptions. Yeah. You need to be on my side, my yeah, side with Whitney. Big girl table. Like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean big girl table? Like, you get to decide who's at what table? Like, fuck you, Jen. Like, why are you trying to, yeah, big dog. You You're think- not the table maker. No. And she goes, the only reason I haven't bitch slapped her is because of you. And I'm like, okay, like, and cut. and honestly, like, nah, you don't talk about your friends like that. You don't. For me, I don't care if we're just friends for TV or whatever. You're not talking about how you would slap me, girl. Do it. I want to see it. I hope Whitney goes slap me. 
at the reunion. I know she won't, but I really, because you can't be out here talking about who you're going to, what you're going to do or what you would do about people. Get the fuck out of here. But this is the crazy thing with Heather is that she's pushing Heather's buttons of being insecure. She's like, you're putting your, rep- your reputation on the line dealing with it, Whitney. And this is the only reason we are putting up with this shit is because and of she's you. so wrong. Again, she has no clue. She's getting the villain edit. That's why I think it's going to be hysterical to really get what they're feeling. Like I, it must be, it must've been insane for Heather to start realizing that she was actually like, Oh shit. Like I'm, I'm being painted more favorably than all of these ladies. Yes, but I'm wondering too, because then uh, when the trailer came out and she, we saw that she had a, what is it? No, not after. So she reacted well to the trailer. And then we saw that she had center peach, uh, center uh, snowflake. So I'm wondering if from episode one, she noticed that she was going to be like the the good guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was like, it's going to be a good year. Because it's, um, like her, it's her and Jen. And I can't imagine that they would have, well, maybe, maybe because Jen is center snowflake and I'm not enjoying her. And a lot of the audience isn't enjoying her, but you never think that they put in the center people that uh, are supposed to be disliked. So I love that. I could be like a middle-aged man going like, she got the center snowflake. What do you think? <laughs> I, like, this I is keep like- saying peach because that's the only one yeah. that people <laughs> refer to all the time. I'm sorry. Have you ever or, used that, any house? Center diamond, center apple. <laughs> Apples. Bizarre. Have you ever used any housewife tropes in your writing? Oh, of course. Absolutely. So um, I'm actually working on two pilots at the moment and, um, and they both have uh, real housewives elements to them. That's I, I, you know, I mean, in you guys pilots and like, you know, spec scripts are like usually like how you'll try to get an agent and pass yeah. it around. But like there was a time when I was like, and I gave up on it, but I almost wrote, wrote a spec script for Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, I did a full awesome. like reality show. And then I was like, this is insane, you know? No, but- no, I like, first of all, like, I think there is so much fun and money to be made in writing spec scripts for like an episode like that and then doing like a Zoom show or something like that. It's like the best fan fiction ever, you know? You should should totally make a production or like a show or a live show or one-off something to fulfill that script. Don't well, they, they, thank you for agreeing to be in that. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, that's it, you guys. Uh, we, um, uh, as we wrap up, thank you so much. But no, we quick, spent so much time together. I know. They, I know that you really no, no, you I'm, blessed I'm, us. I'm thank you so that. much. I so much. And oh, sorry. no, this was just such a, uh, a fucking treat. Thank you. Real quick, Vanderpump Rules. Do you think it should come back? Um, they're going to have to do some serious re, uh, revamping of the show. Uh, I think it could come back if, if we, if we just focus on Tom, Tom and have, uh, the, uh, first cast or the originals, the OGs kind of function as the Lisa's. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I think if we do it that way and it's a brand new cast, but we still get the same archetypes and we have Tom and Tom and Katie and Ariana function as like the big brothers, big sisters to their um, staff. I think we could have a a fresh new dynamic with some of the people we still like might get to see some of their drama, but they grow up, they've grown up and they've grown out of the, the show. And I think I still want to see them, but I want to see more young kids doing dumb shit 
at the rest yeah. of the Yeah, and we can't slow down. Like a, one of my big pet peeves of last season was that every time Lisa was in it, the plot would have to slow down to explain to Lisa what's happening. Yeah. Be like, oh, you see the new guy. I think he's hooking up. And she'd be like, oh, right. You know, Ken wouldn't even get out of the Bentley in yeah, half of the scene. Exactly. And I was like, this slows down. Like, I love Lisa, but it's like it's 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 moving past this shit, you know? Yeah. And I and I think that I my favorite Tom is Tom who takes things too seriously. Tom Sandoval. Yes. When, when Tom Sandoval is hyper focused on something and wants it to succeed. He freaks out in ways that are hysterical to me, like the whole shit with Ariana's um, and the, the, with the mixology book or whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, like, so I like seeing Tom take himself seriously or even with Ariana and Lisa versus Tom when they're buying the bar and stuff. Like, I want that Tom. I want Tom who's like anal retentive, wants to get this thing done exactly right, was mad because Stasi didn't do the right proper process for booking uh, Tom Tom. Yes, and then, because that is exactly like I've hung out with Tom a couple times, and he is exact. The w- thing I love, I love people that are passionate, that are like just like this is the way you do this, this is the way you do it right, and he has a way of doing everything. Like he was even at one point telling me how to hit on girls. He was like, <laughs> no, he goes, he goes, he goes, and but he was like, imagine Sandoval doing it because he's so serious. He goes, hey, you always got to go shoulder to shoulder. You don't face off. You don't want to be like that. You go shoulder to shoulder. You lean in like this. You lean out like, and then he goes, I "Hey, appreciate that." Oh, he was so he. I'm telling. He was a perfect gentleman. He goes. He goes. Also, he goes. You. You want to. You want one of the good dates. You ask to go out with her and her friends because you then see how she is with the people that love her. Like he. Like he had it all thought out. Like he had thought this entire thing yeah. out. I was like, I love people that have something for everything. You know. Yes, and isn't it like. So I've always loved Tom. I've loved Tom since the minute we met him. Like he's, uh, he's never been, I've never been on a, on the opposite of Tom on an issue. And even if I didn't like something he did, I'm always like, yeah, I didn't like this, but I understand, you know? And so what I'm really, I really, really like that he has a moral code, I guess. Like he has like a, um, yeah, it's not just the way that things need to be done, but also like a way that people should be, you know, which is hilarious because he's been so close to a person who is not an ounce of morals or had been so close. Well, I'm glad I even at Jax's wedding, over. he had a whole groomsman kit of everything yeah. that you would possibly want of an umbrella so Jax wouldn't sweat for and Yeah, then, and then Jax to be an ungrateful asshole. Yeah. I hated that. And and so I I'm and for Ariana too to have what looks to me like a similar cold and a similar regard for her friends. Um, I'm just like I if there's anybody to be like uh, mentoring any of the younger, uh, I guess restaurant workers. I would love to see Tom do it. He like he he came up from bartender to Lisa deciding he should be part of a business she owns when Jacks was the star of the show. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and I love when he gets emotional. Like when I get, yes, I love Tom crying. I love yes. Tom, I, I, Tom like, crying. I was, I was rewatching uh, for the podcast. I was rewatching the, the Vegas episode in the first season. And uh-huh. when like Jax comes in at Stassi's party, he's like, Hey, Hey, Frank suck my dick. Cause Frank took Stassi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he has the chunky knit sweater that he was wearing the other night. Yes, the fight sweater. Yes. And the great thing, if you watch that scene is that they all like start rumbling outside and like, 
this is like just Sandoval is just like either like just the best friend or whatever. He immediately just takes his shirt yes, off. Like yes. he's the first one with his shirt Loyal. off. Like I'm here. And like Jax Loyal. only takes his sweater off when he realizes the producers are going to catch him. Yeah. He's like, you want to go? Let's go. And then yeah, it's like yeah. four people. He's a hold me back all-star. He's yeah. And Tom's like, just I'll do what's right right now. You yes. know? I, yes, he's passionate. He knows, like, he knows what's right and wrong. Like, even just the way that he was able to navigate his relationship with James was big to me because I'm like, no way we're supposed to be in a band together and you start smashing my girl to get on a TV show and then I figure out how to be decent with you, you know, later. Um, so I, I just really like him. I, an unpopular opinion, I love Katie. And so I want us to not lose Katie. She grew on me in elements. It's just sometimes I feel like the darkest things are like them just like laying and watching Polly Shore movies and eating candy <laughs> off each other. I'm just like, to me, that's like funny, but at the same time, it's just so dark. Like in the last season, you guys, they like fully admitted on camera that they're like, oh, we love not having sex with each other. And like, we're really good with that. And like, yeah. I was like, oh, that, I mean, that's a relationship well, that so exists. That relationship is why I like Katie because, um, for me, the easiest thing for the easiest way to get me to like a character is for somebody to do a character wrong, but everybody focuses on the character's response in a negative way. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's also why I like Kenya, because Kenya's get back is always outsized and disproportionate, but no one ever remembers what she did first. And so like, uh, or what somebody's done to her first. And with Katie and Tom, I just remember it was yellow haired Katie season, tequila Katie, who was sending all of those like rage texts or whatever. And I was like, but her man cheats and he throws drinks on her. Like, yeah. this isn't Katie's a monster. This is Katie's in a toxic relationship. And because her boyfriend is sweeter and more adorable around y'all, y'all are making Katie the bad guy. And so then I started to like start to see things from Katie's perspective. And that season where Katie refused to be to take Stasi back for most of the season. I loved her. Oh, that was so, that would really took strength. And like Saucy was like going to Palm Springs to try to get in her business. And like, I mean, like it really was the strongest Katie's ever been. And yeah. I kind of, um, and she was fun. Remember when she was hanging out with people other than Stassi and she wasn't such a dark cloud. Yeah. I mean, fun. yeah. She's like Pigpen from peanuts. Yes, like, she's like a, there were moments this past season where she was really funny too. No, she she always like she has good moments. Just this, just when you see like Tom would get so drunk so he could uh, be mean to her. Yeah, like you know, it was like those guys that get those guys that like use alcohol and drugs to excuse their behavior, how they really want to talk to somebody. That's like he would get so fucking wasted so he could either a cheat on her because he felt guilty when he would do it sober, Mm -hmm. or b so he could like yell at her in front of people and feel comfortable enough. You know, I and it was so crazy that whole. That whole scene um, at whose house? I can't remember whose house it was. I think it was Tom and Ariana's house where the uh, with the cop prank. Oh, yeah. I, she Katie was the only one I'll say that also Katie and Ariana were like, this isn't funny. No. And even if nobody else got in the moment why it wasn't funny, there's no reason for Tom to have reacted to his wife that way. And the way that 
other time where the way Tom Sandoval responded, I was like, oh, this happens frequently because Tom was kind of almost like, shut up, motherfucker, you're on camera this time. Yeah, he was like, it's not cool. Like Tom always, when he gets passionate, he has like this tiniest little bit of a lisp. It's like so <laughs> tiny. He's like, you know, dude, just look at me. This is not, this is serious, dude. Yeah. And like he, it, and he's a really good friend and trying to protect his friend. Yeah. And see, like I bumped into like a year ago now, my mom came into town and I took her to Tom Tom and Schwartz was there and he loved so- the appetizer by the way the best food of any of lisa's places yeah. i think but yeah. she got uh he was so fucking hammered he was like bradley cooper pisses and pants Paul, star is born or shorts what's that schwartz schwartz. 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 schwartz no sandoval has always been like able to like yeah, have, like he's not plastered around his restaurant schwartz was like sadly hammered at like 9 p.m and like he but also he was like fucking the nice he's like yeah what's up and like he was so nice to my mom but he was getting like he you know, you could just tell like he was just doing a bunch of shots and partying and being a mascot. And I couldn't like, I wonder if like sometimes quarantine might've helped in certain situations for that or like slowing things down. You yeah. Know? And I, and I wondered too, what his damage is. I mean, obviously like, it's not okay to like psychoanalyze if people. I don't know them, but I'm like wondering why he's escaping all the time because I remember like, um, what was it that he couldn't handle the, was it brunch service at the bar? And and I'm like, is he walking around feeling inadequate all the time and like drinking to suppress that anxiety, just like feeling like he's not good enough. And then he lashes out at Katie because she reminds him that she, he's not good enough. Well, yeah, know? that one scene of cleaning the toilet, he's like, I guess this will be my job around here. Yeah, and, and- I was like, he, he does a lot of negative self-talk too, you know? Oh, and I'm I'm all, I, I love doing that to myself. But, yeah, I mean, so uh ray sonny uh this is just this has really been a treat for all of us thank you so yeah, much for doing thank this you so much for having really, me. I, I had the best conversation with you and i hope you had an all right time yeah i had a and, blast okay good and and i anytime you ever want to talk shit uh you have a plate you have a home yay um, can we be friends too oh my god please i mean that would be really just a dream i don't want to tell you but i just wanted to like just let you know i i'm not good on twitter i'm kind of corny so if you follow me on there just know i'm corny in advance okay i'm okay with that i like uh, but um thank you i know you don't do the do you you're not doing the challenge podcast not right, right now, now because um i'm working on a different podcast coming with head head gum so i'll just announce that later it's also about reality tv but not in the same vein and then coming later this uh winter i suppose right yeah coming in a couple of weeks i'm starting my own podcast just about everything reality oh yeah that I watch and it's going to include some of the black shows that I don't talk about with like my Bravo people. So like, you know, like love and hip hop or like things that show up on we TV after people off have been kicked off Bravo, like uh, how Gretchen and like uh, Phaedra have been on marriage, marriage boot camp. Yeah, yeah. Are you love after lockup and all that kind of stuff? Oh, fucking course. Of Man, course. what a dark journey that no, is. Sometimes I can't press play because I'm so anxious. The only thing I will say though, is that I don't know if you get bothered by this too, is that, I, I really, I don't want to say enjoy it. I am, I'm fascinated by it, but they need to, to walk back the directing and acting of the scenes. They had that poor little girl, like I wasn't supposed to visit your stepdaughter or your daughter. I I could not believe that they did that. And, um, and I could, but, but I also believe that the mom is 
crazy enough that that is how that could have happened. You know it is, mean? but like, but I don't, but don't give me reenactments of how okay, it might have gone. Yeah, and yeah, also, yeah. they're trying to do tricky camera moves, and you realize they only have one camera there, and all of a sudden, it's in the truck and it's back. Yeah, here. like yeah, yeah. wait a second, like give me like I really do think they have weird enough Very, stories where give me the real part. Yeah, of it, you know? I, I will say that the lower budget reality shows, like the ones on VH1 and the ones on WeTV, you can see the producers work. You know. And that's, yeah. that's frustrating. And that's just something I would love after lockup. I'm just realizing it's like, you guys have a good thing. Don't like try to force it into yeah, like- they're, weird... they're doing very like hijinky things now. And it's like, well, I'm not here at love after lockup or life after lockup for hijinks. I'm here for it. Maybe she has an addiction she's hiding and let's talk about it. <laughs> I just think because they're bad act, like these aren't actors. So when you act it, like when you ask them to act something, it becomes doubly bad. Yeah, he's, he's like, exactly. what? She, there's a pregnancy test I found here. I hope she's not pregnant. Or like, oh, puppy. Uh, uh, I think puppy's like, oh, I'm in love with, I can't remember her name, Amber. I'm in love with Amber. I love Amber. And then it's like cut to confessional. Hold on. I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> and it's like, what? Well, come on. Your boyfriend called you right while you were at the confessional. Um, so you guys, you can find, I'm sure all of that information on her Twitter and I'll put all of that stuff. So when the premiere dates, you guys got to go subscribe. You will already, I know, because you know, and love her. Um, also the other thing to do, especially on a new podcast, go automatically give it five stars just so it can actually get on all those things oh, so people can you. discover it. So it, it, cause it's, you know, free of, to listen to these things. So, uh, Ray, That's thank fun. you so, 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 so much. And, uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Bye. Don't hey, let it out. Don't hey, let it out. Check it out. Stretch it out. Futuristic, would ya? Put your two lips on my wood and kiss it, could ya? See yourself with a nigga working harder than nine to five. The ten to six, two jobs to survive. Or do you need a ball up so you can shop and tear them all up? Rag, tell your friends what I bought ya. If you couldn't see yourself with a nigga when his dough is low, baby girl, if this is so, can I get a fuck you to the bitches from all of my niggas who don't love hoes? They get no
work that errors.
Betches.